recorded live. It's that time, ladies and gentlemen. It's inside the SFL time. And I'm joined by Mr. Alan Drum. You're truly Alan J.D. How y'all doing tonight, guys? Look, mister, you are the drummer boy or something. I don't know. I'm losing it right now. Something like that, I guess. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) I have no idea. But tonight we got a big show planned, don't we, Doug? Well, yeah, you you trying to say, uh, going five hours, I heard you. Oh, yeah. I was planning going on one at one o'clock in the morning. It's whatever to me. I'm, I slept till 6 p.m. Eastern, so I'm wide awake tonight. Well, there you go. And I'm home on a Saturday night for the first time in a week or two. So, yes, sir. So, well, yeah, we're ready to get this popping. Exactly. Uh, uh, I was hoping to have stats. I want to let everybody know now. I was hoping to have stats to exactly where guys were, teams rather, you know, defensively, offensively, uh, games from Wednesday or Thursday, what have you, were not updated just yet. So they're a little inaccurate. So I don't know if I just use what we have or just don't use it. I have no clue, but that's basically my situation. Unfortunately, we're going to have to go with a little bad little thing. I mean, it's called backtracking. I guess he's doing Texas high school football on Twitch, which I'm trying to still figure out. But, hey, we got to do what we got to do, don't we, Doug? Yes, we have to compete with Cam right now. Damn him. Damn him straight to hell. Okay, I'm losing it. Uh, no. He's yeah, he's currently over there calling the uh, Eastern Hills Highlanders and the Southwest Raiders game. Whoever that is, I only yeah, know the Sherman Tech. Panthers from Friday Night Lights. <laughs> or the East Dillon Lions. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they're over there. Uh, he's got a couple people over there listening, which he was doing a pretty good job. Not bad, considering it was his first time. But, Alan... We got AJ Pick 6, we got Bengals 1, and then we got Max X Wavy X Jr. 1, otherwise known as Max Wavy, uh, otherwise known as Andy Hamilton, otherwise known as AJ, who you play for, Levy. <laughs> and uh, I'll tell you now, Andy has stated during the Twitch over there, what that game cam was calling, he said that he just might play the I Mean game tonight, that I Mean drinking game. I told him, oh shit. Prepare to get drunk. Oh, unfortunately, I'm going to get my bruise till next weekend, so I might a little be a little tipsy during Saturday and Sunday's broadcast. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. But, unfortunately, we're going to have to go... Uh, we're going to have to have a little problem with Ramos. He requested 30 minutes of CAG broadcasting tonight, or he wasn't watching... And unfortunately, that's going to be 29-minute shorts over his thing because we only have a few stuff to get to on CAG, about one minute. Thank you for TJ being our sponsor. Again, as you know, the SFL is, inside the SFL is, is brought to you by CAG NFL. If you're interested in joining CAG next season, season starts about eight weeks, so you've got two months to prepare. <laughs> Yes, 
I had to mute for a second to let my daughter know. Ring of Honor was on. That's Ring of Honor Wrestling, for those of you who don't watch wrestling. Her favorite wrestler in the world, Shaheem Ali, wrestles for that company. And she was like, oh, crap. And now she's checking it out. Now, to inside the SFL. What matters in life? Uh, you know, it's my mistress. I've made that statement before. Just to give a quick recap now of this past week. We had some interesting games, would you not say? I'd say exactly. I have a few that uh, I really enjoyed this week. Yes? Which game and was that? Particularly the Carolina Sioux Falls upset, I believe, uh, as I stated early in the season, um, uh, we had an interesting argument, and it looks like Carolina was right on their argument. Mr. But actually... I believe that one was probably the most intriguing game of of the of the week. I believe that was very high honors. Right. I really liked how Carolina talk walk the walk and talk the talk. Um, and as I and I'll before, recap those games quick. Santa Fe beat NYC forty to seventeen. Minneapolis beat Queen City forty one thirty one. Sioux Falls fell to Carolina twenty seven to thirty seven. Uh, the Sharks beat the Vipers 42-28. to Houston fell to Baltimore 27-20. to Louisville sneaked by Orlando 34-32. to And the Dallas Roughnecks won 20-13 over Oklahoma City. And the D.C. Dragons got a victory in the monsoon against Tallahassee 1915. Yeah, uh, thankfully Mr. Thomas Fabernetti was okay from Hurricane Hermine. Or her mean, whatever they want to call it, storm. Well, fuck it. We'll just call uh, it Harambe. Give him a little bit more love while we're at it. But uh, I'm glad he's okay. A, a deadless tree almost killed his neighbor, but uh, fortunately the tree missed his house, and everything was all right in Mr. Tallahassee. So we're glad uh, uh, the tropical storm or tropical depression, whatever her mean is now, <laughs> is and... Everybody's all right. Uh, me and North Carolina, we actually didn't get any rain at all. So, Mr. JD is fine. We went to a ball game last night. So, everything was cool. Cool night, but no rain. Yeah. I have no idea what AJ is laughing at, but he's laughing his ass off me. Uh, and while we were talking there, we got Jason McGee. And Mr. Ronnie Nickens have joined the chat room, so I'd like to welcome them in, as well as guests 8 and 9. I just tried to ask them in the chat who they are, so if we find out who they are, we'll give them a shout. Yeah, so. exactly. And people, if you if, if you would really do us a favor, it would really help us on giving out shout-outs. Please register. It takes five seconds. <laughs> and then we'll give you a shout-out. Real simple than the mysterious guest eight and nine. <laughs> because Mr. Bush right here does not like guests. <laughs> you didn't say that. Well, you did say uh, offline that one night. No, I, I said I said to you with the guests. I said it's kind of hard to know who they are, and sometimes we don't know, especially when you get some of those guys who come in and are just dumb. You know, and they act stupid, which doesn't matter now because I can actually oh, it's Mr. mute them. Sonic. I believe I heard uh, that name before. Say that again. 
that is Sonic. I believe he plays for one of the teams, if I'm not mistaken. Well, of course he does. That's uh, Steven Gonzalez. Yes, they is not the mistaken. owner of the, of the team you'll be facing this week, the Baltimore Crabs. Yeah, I believe Steven Gonzalez is Sonic's name. If I'm not mistaken, he can correct so me. We want wrong. to give a shout out to our sponsor, Mr. TJ Speaks, owner of the CAG NFL. <laughs> Fucking Mac. Yes, Mac, that's what he's doing. <laughs> Excuse my language. But, uh, yes, he is a sparrow, poor fella. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Man. Okay, well. We want to do what we always do on this show. And you know what that is. What is it that we do on this show? Exactly. Them good old power rankings. The power rankings have been sent in once again this week. And I'll say this before we get into it. If you do not submit your power rankings, get in on the fun. I don't care who you are in the league anymore. When I first started doing this, I was having it just to be owners. Then it went from the owners to the coaches. Then it went from owners to coaches, players. So it doesn't matter who you are as long as you're a member of this league. You can feel free to send it in as long as you do it unbiased and you're honest with it and you're fair with it, and we'll take it. Every once in a while, we get a power ranking that comes in. It can be deemed, quote-unquote, questionable, but at the same time, I don't question it because everybody looks at things differently. But if you have teams like, say, Santa Fe or Louisville who are currently undefeated, you might have them 5, 6, 7. Well, then you're losing your ever-loving mind, and I'll disregard your votes. But for the most part, you know, I'm not going to argue with some things. You know, I mean, I have this personal conversation. I was talking to Alan about this earlier. I let him know a particular team was voted 15th. We both agreed that was far, far too low. When the votes came back, when the votes came back, believe it or not, where they landed was within reach of that slot. So that shut my mouth up real quick. Unbelievable. (laughs) I believe I know who the team is. Well, you should have. We had that personal conversation. Exactly. So, yeah. But, yeah. Um, but, but for the good part, not know anything who is rated 1 through 16, even though I have a logical idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's get to this. Who is, and those of you in the chat, feel free to chime in. I like to see what everybody says before I announce it. The 16th team in the power rankings belongs to you. Cleveland. He says Cleveland. We don't have our buddy in there tonight. I think it Mighty was the one who normally voted or uh, would guess with us. Um, but uh, I'll also tell you guys this. We had 13 members of the league vote this week. So we have 13 votes in. So that was you get, if I'm not mistaken. We had 11 last week. Well, two more. Keep on forgetting. So we had 13 voters in. And remember, it's 16 points for a first place vote, 15 for second, and onward all the way down to 16th where you get one vote. Would it be the one lousy point? So 13 voters. Now, the reason why I made sure I emphasize that this time, and we have a, a whole bunch of everybody saying Cleveland. That being said, 13 voters... The last place team had 14 points, which means they were last on every card but one. And that is the Cleveland Vipers. They stayed in for the 16th slot. 
So one particular voter actually had them number two on their card, despite not having a win, which I thought was showing a lot of respect. Because at 0-5, if you, like I said, and I said this to you, Alan, we'll, we'll continue this theme here of personal conversation. If you go look at Cleveland's record of 0-5, it's just like, ooh, oh, that's bad, that's horrible, that's ugly. But no, dive into that much deeper. Look into that much more, and you'll step back for a second and say, okay, wait a minute. Mad nowhere near as bad as you think. And what I mean by that is they should have won week one. I don't think nobody debates that. They should have won in week one. They lost 23 seconds ago a touchdown and caught them. They lost by three to the Dallas Roughnecks. They lost by eight to Orlando. They lost by two to Minneapolis. They lost by 14 last week to the Sharks. They are in every single game. If one play in all those games but one, one play, except for one game, go one way for them the other way, they possibly win those games. They could easily be a 4-1 and one team, maybe even 5-0, and oh, really. So... Credit to their staff and everyone involved. They're in these games. It's not like they're getting beat up. It's not like they're getting blown out. They've just been very unlucky, and it's, and I feel for the team. And I and I mean they're 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 due. They're due for a victory. So we'll see. And we'll get into their game this week. So fifteenth seed, who we got? I'm going with Queen City. You going with Queen City? Exactly. Okay. Let's see. Yep. Mac Wavy's saying Queen City. We'll see. Up. Oh, Andy Hamilton, Queen City. AJ Levy, Queen City. So it seems like everyone's convinced that it's Queen City. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. All right. <laughs> In the 15th seed with 30 points. Down one slot from last week, the Queen City Corsairs. Rough season for Queen City so far. Only one a week one victory, and they showed some promise in week well, this past week. But unfortunately for them, the name of the game is not give up league; it's to maintain league. Right. So. Two for two, drink, drink. Now, that being stated, Queen City is 23 seconds away from being 0-5. Can you believe that? Exactly. I mean, it's. I mean, the defending champions look like they are struggling mightily this season. I know what you mean. And looks like we're gonna have a new champion crown. So no back to back again in the SFL. That's crazy. All right, we're going to keep this train rolling. 14th seed, who we got? I'll go with my team, the Houston I am. All right. We'll see what the chat room has to say. See if anybody has any opinions of who's 14th. Andy Hamilton is agreeing with you. He says Houston. Houston. That's how I like to say it. Houston hyenas, just like DeMond says it. The hyenas. Or the elephant graveyard, whatever you want to say. Oh, it seems like it's a consensus in the chat room. Everybody is saying Houston. And the 14th seed, 46 points, which is 16 points better than Queen City. Down two from last week, the Houston Hyenas. 
three for three so far. But I, yes, I'll you are. You are on a roll tonight. Okay. 13th seed, who is it? I'll go on a limb, and I will not agree with this mostly, but what you were talking earlier, I'm going to go with the NYC Sailors. <laughs> I don't agree with this, but it will probably happen. All right, we got Bengals. We got a Tallahassee. We got another Tallahassee, another Tallahassee. Ramos Lynn, welcome to the chat. Uh, no. Well, I'll tell you this. You said NYC would be the 14th seed, or the 13th seed, rather, because we're at 13. Remember, Cleveland, 16. Queen City, 15. Houston's 14. The 13th seed with 53 points. Down four slots from last week. The Tallahassee Pride. Well, I had that on my list, so I was going with the Yeggerman. Yes. Crazy Eights, 2000. So, yeah, I won't even bother to say your name, because every time someone says it, we get it wrong, and we look like a bunch of douchebags. But I always say it's Peltier. Maybe I get it right. Who knows? Uh... <laughs> oh hell! All right, twelfth seed. Who you got? I'll go with NYC again. Going to go with NYC at the twelfth slot. We'll see what our chat has to say. Mac Wavy agrees. Jason agrees. Andy Hamilton says DC. Who else we got in there? AJ Levy says DC. Ramos is saying D.C. All right. The 12th slot, 66 points, 13 better than Tallahassee, down five from last week. They dropped five slots, the NYC Sailors. Unbelievable. Dropped five slots. Now, I I will not sit here and say I'm high on the NYC because technically I'm not. I'm really not high on them, but... For a team that was ranked seventh, going in two and two, and they get beat by the one of the top teams in the league, one of the two remaining undefeated teams, and you drop five because of that, I can't explain that. Exactly. You got a similar team getting ready to come up, and the Oklahoma City Renegades, that NYC beat them cleanly with no injuries in that game to OKC and. I can't agree with that choice. Right. And to touch on what you were saying right there, they beat Oklahoma City, you said, cleanly. And what you're referring to is how Dallas went tooth and nail with them all night without one of their star players. They gold at that all night. So, exactly. yeah, it makes a great case for NYC. Exactly. And that's what I'm here for. I mean, I can see why you would go for it, but mainly is why they shouldn't do it. Uh. All right, now, where was I? Oh, yeah, we were at NYC. Okay, the 11th seed, who do you think it is? The D.C. Dragons. Oh, my, Jason said they should have never been put that high in the first place. Holy smokes. All right. Well, we got one vote for the D.C. Dragons as well in the chat room. I don't know if anybody else wants to throw out an opinion. But I am waiting for a moment just to see if anyone does. 
here's another DC from Ramos Lynn. And Alan, you have left the chat. <laughs> yeah, I left the chat, but I'm still here on the phone. Andy has saying Baltimore. So, all right. The 11th seed has 88 points. That's 22 points better than the Sailors. Just to also clarify how many points they jumped. Or dropped, rather. So it's 88 points for the 11th seed. They climbed four slots from last week, the D.C. Dragons. Unbelievable. And, I mean, mainly people were probably riding the week one victory, which I was not doing. I believe they beat a uh, team that's falling apart in Tallahassee, and they didn't do it too much. So I can't award them too much. But uh, people are agreeing with the week one victory that high, that DC's a little better than people think. Very well could be. Very well could be. All right, I'm not even going to skip a B. I'm going to jump right into the 10th seed. Pick prediction for the 10th seed. Who is it? Uh, I will go with the Oklahoma City Renegades. Okay. Jason is agreeing with you. He says OKC. Bengals... Fan, which is Andy, he is saying Baltimore. Mac Wavy saying Carolina. So you guys are all over the place. Ramos is saying Baltimore. All right. The tenth seed. The tenth seed in the power rankings has eighty nine points. That's one point better than DC, who was eleventh. And this team climbed three slots from last week, and that's the Baltimore Crabs. Wow. I'm very shocked. Um, <laughs> to be honest, I believe. I, People are actually agreeing with the bovine injury that OKC could have won that game with bovine. So they didn't reward Baltimore too high on the victory. Right. I mean, All right. Well, let's get to the ninth seed, and this will be the bottom half. The ninth seed. Who are we thinking it might be? Uh, I'll go with Oklahoma. Actually, I'm going with L.A. on this. Okay. We got Orlando from AJ Levy. You're saying LA? Anyone else have a prediction? We got another OKC from Ramos. Andy says LA. AJ says Yo DR Sim, which is hilarious. I just totally said that thinking he was making a pick. I was going with OKC, but I hell. Oh, man. All right. The ninth seed, 104 points, which is – still can't believe I read that. thought he was making a prediction. All right, 104 points, 15 points better than Baltimore, climbing two from last week, the Carolina Skyhawks. Wow. Unbelievable. I had Carolina on top of the two and three teams. So that's a little surprising they would go to that level. Yep. Hey. Like I said, and, and and you and I have had these conversations, and we've had many of them when when it comes to the power rankings. Because like I told you, I try to contemplate where some people are coming from, some people I don't. And like I said, when it comes to Carolina, okay, they've lost to the Sailors, who apparently no one respects. So I'm sure that has a lot to do with this. Okay, they lost to the Dragons, who have been up and down. Okay, and in a, and that was in a blowout. They lost to Santa Fe, which is nothing to get worried about because that's one of the better teams in the league. And their their victories are over Tallahassee, who's now down in the rankings, 
and an undefeated team from last week, the Sparrows. So that should kind of give you some credit back when you're trying to take away credit for losing to some teams you don't, you know, credit. You know, it's, it, it, it's very interesting where people's minds go and, and don't go. But this is a team that was 0-3, ranked 16. 0-3, yeah. ranked 16. And based on the current rankings, they beat the 13th-seeded Tallahassee Pride, and I will announce where Sioux Falls here is in just a little bit. And they've jumped up to number nine. So it's not like they haven't been getting at least a little credit. So we'll yeah, see what happens this week when they play OKC. I'll the undefeated team in Sioux Falls. They should have been a little bit higher, in my opinion. <laughs> Because I believe Carolina is riding the ship really big, and they could have a good chance of making the playoffs this season. Because I predicted in the in the preseason show. All right. Well, I'm going to recap the bottom eight one more time in, order, in reverse order. 16th, the Cleveland Vipers with 14 points. And 15th with 30 points. Down one, the Queen City Corsairs. In 14th with 46 points, down two, the Houston Hyenas. In 13th, down four with 53 points, the Tallahassee Pride. With 66 points, down five in the 12th slot is the NYC Sailors. Sitting in number 11 with 88 points, up four from last week, the D.C. Dragons. Number 10, up three with 89 points, the Baltimore Crabs. And the number nine seed with 104 points, climbing two more slots, the Carolina Skyhawks. So that puts us now <clears throat> to the top eight. Who would be the eighth seed? I'm going to go with Oklahoma City. I changed my mind. I think I'm going to go with Oklahoma City. All right. Anyone else have a prediction? We had some displeasure in the chat room while guys are making their predictions. Uh, we got, and this was as far as uh, Carolina being seeded ninth. Oh, that's some bullshit. Uh, I thought they were below Baltimore. How do you beat Tallahassee and Sioux Falls and not move up? Uh, I had more respect for Carolina in the power rankings than that. Uh, we gave it away, so I guess it's not too crazy, but still. So, yeah, that right there, several comments right there based on what I was saying. You never know where people think and who they think, you know, with certain teams and who you play and who you don't play. Because at the end of the day, when I do the power rankings, I don't worry about just who you beat. I also worry about who you've lost to as well, and that's how I do mine. That's why I own the Sharks, and I'm not high on myself at all. Not at all, because we have two victories, and they're over the 15th and 16th seeded current teams. So, on us. I give you that respect, though, Doug. <laughs> so, so to me, that ain't nothing to get all happy, happy, joy, joy about. Yeah. I'll, I also give credit to uh, quality losses too. More victories, I believe, really take uh, the step, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, we had votes of OKC, OKC, uh, and I think that's also what you said, but. Yes, the L.A. Shark part. All right. Uh, the 8C with 114 points, which is 10 points more than Carolina, also climbing two slots is the L.A. Sharks. Wow. But people do agree. OKC is better than L.A. over the 
OKC LA Victors. Well, like I said, I broke down I broke down Carolina and like I was saying, this that was my way of thinking how some people could think. I sit here and I did the tally and I bring back LA eight. I disagree. I think we're lower than that. I don't believe we should be that high based on the circumstances. Like I said, you know, we lost to Sioux Falls in week one, a game we gave away. Kinda of like, you know, other teams have given away games. We gave that game away. We didn't lose you know, we lost that game. They didn't win that game, and I know Jason will get mad at me for saying that, but that's the reality of that game. OKC, they beat our ass 26-14. I mean, they won that game, owned that game from the beginning. We beat Queen City. You know, big, big like I said, big dealer seeded 15. Lose by three to the current number one seeded team, Louisville, coming into this power ranking. So are they still there? We'll see. And then we beat Cleveland 42-28. to So we have two big, big victories by two scores. And then we have two games we lost by one possession and a game where we lost by two possessions. But when you only beat the 15th and the 16th seeded team, you can't be eighth. But whatever. But maybe people are looking at this way, like I was telling you over the phone call offline, that maybe they're looking at your time as a full owner and not the first two games. I don't know, but you can't you can't do that. You gotta look at the team as a whole. Yeah, that doesn't make no sense. People are probably agreeing with that. That y'all have gotten better since you've gotten full ownership. Right. And and like and, and the only thing that makes sense to me why anyone in their right mind would put the sharks that high is the fact that we took Louisville to the end. Down seventeen to nothing, dominated the second half, we'll only lose thirty four to thirty one, you know, but Kind of look at the whole package. Exactly, but if you look at it, Orlando, they also took LA to the. I mean, they took Louisville to the brim. So we uh, uh, Orlando remains high. Yes, we will see. We will see. All right, the seventh seed. Who is it? It's got to be Oklahoma City. It's got to be Oklahoma City, you say? It's got to be? Is this where they finally come in? You've only been guessing them for like the last four slots. Exactly. <laughs> <clears throat> what do we got here? Oh, Max saying OKC. Jason saying OKC. <laughs> All right. With the seventh seed, 118 points. Climbing... One slot, the Oklahoma City Renegades. Well, they're putting the bovine injury hurt it hurt them against Dallas. Mm-hmm. Basically, what they're saying, the best two and three team is the team that that the reason they lost their third game was because of bovine. Right, and I just wish we would know how factual or unfactual that statement is. It would be great to have that game simulated ten times with nobody hurt and see who wins it. I mean, that, that was an amazing game. It was one of the better games of the season, despite him not being out there. So, yeah, what could have OKC done with him? But goals so, yeah. not game, and it could have been a different outcome. And to touch on the Carolina thing right here, uh, Carolina, like I said, they're in ninth with 104. This is the seventh seed OKC Renegades with 118. So there's only 14 points difference between seven and nine. So it's not like it's a big wide margin. So, so somebody has a 
chance to move way up this week. Oh, sure. This would be very, very interesting. You know, and like I said, we'll get into into it, but like, let's take a look here. You know, between these three teams we just discussed, OKC clearly is playing Orlando, or not Orlando. Why'd I even say that? I have no idea. Oh my goodness gracious! Let me let me take a moment to slap myself across the face. Okay, OKC plays Carolina this week, so one's clearly going to climb, in my opinion. While obviously the other one's going to fall, and then the Sharks are in between them. And we're playing the 10th seed, Baltimore. So, obviously, my opinion, OKC, Carolina, whoever wins that, no matter what the Sharks do with Baltimore, you know, are going to jump over all these teams. And what's funny is these are the teams ranked 7, 8, 9, 10. You know, if Baltimore has a big blowout victory and Carolina has a close victory, does Baltimore jump all of them? That would make sense. Anything can happen. Or if L.A. blows up Baltimore, which could happen. Right. So we'll see where that goes. All right. To the sixth seed, who we got? Uh, This is going to be a tough one, but I think I am born with Minneapolis. Even Minneapolis. In Orlando, uh, I think people are saving the loss to Louisville. Well, Mac and A.J. are both saying Orlando. DeMond's letting me know he's begging and hoping and pleading and praying that Baltimore wins. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're in the same conference. Jason is saying Minneapolis. All right. Well, in the sixth seed, 136 points, which is now 18 more points than OKC. They have dropped two slots from last week, and it's the Orlando Intimidators. Unbelievable. I mean... People blow low uh, L.A. over more victory over the Louisville Wolfpack, but they don't against the Atlanta Intimidators. And Minneapolis, I mean, look who they've beaten so far instead of Orlando. You know? Well, well, you take Orlando real quick. Orlando's beat OKC. Right. They lost by 20 to Sioux Falls. They beat Cleveland by eight. They beat Baltimore by three and lost by two to Louisville to have that three and two record. Now, you were saying about Minneapolis. What have they done? Minneapolis lost 15 to 13 to Tallahassee, 62 to 38 to Santa Fe when their quarterback got hurt. Won in overtime over Baltimore, 30 to 27. Beat uh, Cleveland, 30 to 28. And beat Queen City, 41 31. Yeah, and Cleveland and Queen City are the 15, 16 teams. So right. I would well, have more to, I, mean, I could see more sense both ways, but I would mm-hmm. say Orlando being over Minneapolis right now. When you look at it, the toughest game Minneapolis has played has been Santa Fe, and they did it without their quarterback. Exactly. So they got blown up. Okay. Then they lost to Tallahassee, as I was saying, and when you look at it, Tallahassee is currently ranked 13th. Okay, Orlando, when you look at who Orlando has lost to, we haven't even got to Sioux Falls yet or Louisville yet, and we're talking about Orlando being seeded number six. Exactly. Clearly, to me, that would put them higher just based on that, but then you also got to count in the victories. OKC, which is seven, and they also beat the Vipers, who are last, and they beat that same Baltimore team, which is ten. When you break it down, Orlando is... A more intimidating team than the Mullers. Oh, wait. I see what I well, did. They're intimidating, so they're going to be a more intimidating team. 
<laughs> Here's what I'll say. And Jason, you'll 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 feel right at home with this comment. Orlando reminds me of the opposite of last season's Sparrows. And what I mean by that is this is a team that is has a dominating defense. I mean, they are legit, but they don't have anything for offense. And that was just like the Sparrows last year, except for the other way around. Their offense was just ridiculous, and they couldn't find their defense. If Orlando had some firepower, which is shocking to me because Boogeyman is not getting off and doing his thing. And for those of you who are not quite sure who Boogeyman is, that's Zach Parker. That's what we call him now here on Inside the SFL, the Boogeyman. But uh, the highest paid player in the league, the only, as far as I know, the only five ability player in the entire league, and they just can't seem to get him going. We'll exactly. we'll see what happens. Confusing. I mean, you know, yeah. uh, a bad offense, but a five ability running back, the highest in the SFL. You've got a question: What is going on with the Intimidators offense? Right, and then while we say that, we still got to understand this is a three and two team, a three and two team who can't find their offense, who have possibly the best running back in the league, who just hasn't done nothing yet, and yet but here they on sit. On the back side, but on the back side, Orlando's sitting at third place right now, and then well into the playoff history. Right. So we'll we'll see where this goes. I mean, they're in second, and they're second over there in in the South, two games behind mm-hmm. Santa Fe. That's going to be hard to make up. They're in a battle for the playoff picture because Tallahassee is two and three. Begin today, it would actually be them making the playoff and playing sure. two in the first round. Right. But like I said, that whole the whole freaking Teal Conference is wide open. Even though Houston is sitting there one and four. They're only two games behind the playoff picture with six games to go. It can be easily made up. It's insane. And in the Gray Conference, forget about it. Everybody over there is just, I don't know. And I I want to put this out there. Baltimore won this week. Sailors lost. The Dragons just won their game. Queen City lost their game. The Vipers lost. Carolina won their game. Dallas won their game. And Louisville won their game. That all being said, there's eight teams in the Great Conference. Eight teams in the Great Conference. You know only two teams have a winning record? That's unbelievable. <laughs> the Great Conference looks like they came up with the NFC East of last year. Oh, man. Only two out of the eight have winning records. I mean, that's just crazy. And now, anyway. Well, DeMond says you do not need... Five abilities on a running back, and Jason has just referred to the conference as the Pooh Conference. Well, I guess that could be a fair statement as of right now. We, <laughs> wow. All right, Jason, one never to hold his mouth. I love it. All right, the fifth seed. Now we're into the top five. Who we got? I think we already know who this one is. It's the Minneapolis Maulers. The Minneapolis Maulers, you say? We'll see if anybody else wants to take a shot. AJ saying in. Mac Wavy saying Dow. Mm, let's see. What the hell? Oh. Ah, Bengals fan. Mr. A.N.D. Hamilton saying Sea Fowls. DeMond is saying oh. Minneapolis. All right. Well, the fifth seed. 
148 points. That's only 12 better than Orlando. Went up one slot from last week, the Minneapolis Mullers. And, like I said, the 3-2 is the reason why they're 5. I mean, if you were to put two calls here, the men are Well, here's what I'm going to say about Minneapolis. I can make this statement to a degree since I play there. And I was a part of it last year. And I've been around, quote-unquote, I think long enough to where I can make a fair statement when it comes to this team. This is a team that is highly respected, period. Okay? And we all know what they did a couple seasons back when they went undefeated and dominated everybody week in and week out. Last year, 11-1 in the regular season. Is Minneapolis getting as many votes as they're getting over a team, say, like Orlando? Because it's Minneapolis. Are they getting the votes based on prior season performances due to their legacy, if you will? Exactly. I'm just curious. I mean, to me, I wouldn't rate Minneapolis higher than Orlando because Orlando's looks like the better team this season. I mean, I know that uh, Minneapolis is on a three-game winning streak, but I mean, the best team they've beaten was Baltimore, and they've beaten the 15, 16 teams, and I, that is not impressive with me. I mean, when you when you go toe-to-toe with the either number one or two, in my opinion, team in the SFL and power rankings, I mean, Orlando should have got some sympathy votes and should have been over Minneapolis. In my to touch on that statement, to touch on that statement, to put some real reality into it, I got a vote back that had Minneapolis fourth. And and when I seen that, I was like, wait a minute. Fourth. Is this warranted? I had to really look at it and indulge myself into it to really contemplate if that seeding that high was fair and realistic. And, you know, I have to question a voting like that. But at the same time, who am I to question someone's honest opinion? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and this, everybody's got different opinions. That's what's fun about these power rankings. Exactly. You know, and I mean, I've seen the statements before where people say the power rankings don't mean nothing to them. Yeah, they don't mean nothing to the league. This ain't going to determine who makes the playoffs, who doesn't. This isn't a way of proving who is or isn't the better team and things like that. But the one thing it does show is it shows everyone's opinion as a whole. And if your team is seated a certain slot in a certain space, that lets you see the overall opinion of your fellow league members of what they truly think about your team. Exactly. So, so to that, to that statement, if they mean something. Exactly. You know, I mean, it's just to be completely disregarded. I, I kind of found that to be a slap in the face, considering I put the time and effort into, into doing this. And some people say, I don't mean nothing. These next four could be very controversial. I mean, it's unreal. It's unreal. I mean, you can agree with both statements, but this next one, I'm kind of debating if they're going to wind up pulling the trigger. Well, before we go into number four, I just want to check in with Andy Hamilton because he said he was going to drink every time you said I mean, and I'm figuring he's filling his oats and more beyond now. (laughs) Let's see where he is. 
Oh. And I think they're going to start drinking every time you say exactly, too, next week. Exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's drink trust there. Uh-oh. <sighs> Do be aware, there will be a week Alan deliberately says, I mean, and exactly, just to get all you guys drunk. <laughs> I mean that we are number one. Exactly. <laughs> <think> <laughs> All right, we're going to get off the rails here. All right, the fourth seed. You said the fourth seed is who? Well, I have a feeling this is not going to be correct. It's got to be Dallas. It's got to be. You feel it's got to be Dallas? It has to be Dallas? can't be anybody um, else but Dallas. Why would you, if, if people agree that the reason Dallas only won is because of the bovine injury and put OKC the number one, two, and three team. I mean, you've really got to look at it and say, Sioux Falls beat Dallas. Yeah. I mean, but the logical point is, I mean, <laughs> I'm saying I mean like three times. <laughs> <laughs> He's uh-huh. But Andy is, Andy is saying Sioux Falls, so let's see how they go. All right. seems like it's an overwhelming agreement with you in the chat. Uh, we'll see. Wow, what the heck? What, is the, what did Andy say? Andy says, but Dallas lost to Sioux Falls, who was better than Carolina. Oh, okay, I get what he's saying. All right, the fourth seed. The fourth seed has 166 points, which is 28 points better than Minneapolis. They climbed in the rankings from last week. One slot, and it is the Dallas Roughneck. Thank goodness. Uh, looks like people finally agreed with something. If a 3 and one team loses to another 3 and one team, then that team should be ranked ahead. And your number three, I already know who it's going to be. So let's not waste any time. And then I will explain Andy's statement, and I will get a little logical statement about that. All right. Well, let's waste no time. Number three. I already know it's going to be Sioux Falls, so. <laughs> I said, I already know it's going to be Sioux Falls. What makes you think it's going to be Sioux Falls? Because the other two are undefeated? Yeah. That's how people seem to put it. Oh. Well, the number three seed with 179 points, which is 13 more points than Dallas. They just led one slot from last week. So they're down one, the Sioux Falls Sparrow. And to put Andy's statement, okay, most of the majority looks like they are agreeing on the number of losses where they rank the teams. If you look at the 0-5 team, the Cleveland Vipers, and your 1-4 teams, you got Houston and Queen City. Houston beat Queen City, so they're going to rank Houston higher than Queen City. Then your 2-3 and three teams could go either way. Mm-hmm. So, And also your 3-2 and two teams, Minneapolis, Orlando, whichever you want to put, then you got Sioux Falls should be right ahead of Dallas. And these next two could go either way. Right. 
Well, to touch on what you were saying, just to recap that, yes, the only winless team is last. The next slots are the one and four teams, and then you have your two and three teams, then it's gone to the three and two teams. So, yeah, based on what your theory is, that's exactly how the rankings have fallen. Now, we're at the number two, number one and number two slots. I had stated 13 people had voted this week. I just said Sioux Falls is number three with 179 points, and I have yet to say a first-place vote. That means all 13 votes went to either Santa Fe or Louisville. I'm going to go with my rankings, and I will not be afraid to say my rankings. I will go ahead and put Louisville at number two, even though I might be wrong. Then I'll explain why I went with Louisville than Santa Fe. Even though you might be wrong, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> you know how I feel about this per our private conversation. Yeah. And I'm not afraid to to mention what I think here for everybody to hear. I'll explain. I'll explain okay. as soon as they, as soon as the uh, number two and one is released. I will go with two Louisville and one Santa Fe, and I'll explain the reason after it's revealed why okay. I went with that. Well, I'll say this before I mention the rankings, okay? They're both undefeated, okay? Louisville, okay, has defeated the current, okay, in Baltimore, who is the current 10th seed, okay? They've also beat D.C., the current 11th seed. They beat Houston, the current 14th seed. All right. Then they also came back and defeated the 8th seed Sharks and the current 6th seed Orlando Intimidators. When you look at Santa Fe, Santa Fe has defeated the 14th Houston Hyenas. Okay. In week two, they came and beat the current fifth seed Maulers. They beat the number nine seed Carolina Skyhawks, who's the only team to beat Sioux Falls so far, who's ranked third. They beat that 11th DC. They beat the number 12 NYC. So, the resume looks a little bit more impressive as far as who beat who based on current power rankings. Mm-hmm. Okay. That being stated, you say you think it's Louisville 2, Santa Fe 1. Well, let me put you on the spot with this one. How did the 13 first-place votes break up? What do you think? How many first-place votes went to each team? It's a good pretty even. I'm going to go go ahead and say 7-6. I believe it's going to be a big... Big watch out. I believe it's going to be a big, like, close vote. Which, either way. Well, I'll tell you this. They are separated by five points. So it was a close race. And the one thing that helped the one team out is this. And, Jason, you're going to love this. You, Jason, were seeded number two over one of these undefeated teams. That's the Mm -hmm. reason for the five-point gap. Because if you take five points, okay, and you look at the freaking rankings, Mm -hmm. you will know something real quick. Your your prediction of seven and six was 100% spot on. Wow. That was spot on. So that being stated, when you add it all up, you clearly could tell one of these teams was not in the top two. 
and Sioux Falls was the one who jumped ahead of them. So, uh, your number two team is going to be Santa Fe. So, with 200 points and six first place votes, the other one has 205 points and seven first place votes, and we saw one team drop a slot and another team go up two slots, and it's Santa Fe one, Louisville two. Which it should be agreed upon, and I'll explain the reason why my behind Louisville should be number two. You look at Louisville, they have not had a blowout win. This team could be, this team, if their defense would give up one more touchdown or anything, they could be 0 and 5. They could well, be you go. 1 and 4. To, to, to touch on that statement, Louisville mm-hmm. has won four of their five games by seven or less. Exactly. The only game they won by more than seven was an 11-point win in week three against Houston. They beat Louis, uh, Baltimore by seven, D.C. by three, mm-hmm. L.A. by three, and Orlando by two. Exactly. So that's 15 and points and four wins total, and then the mm-hmm. 11 one in week three. But um, I would like to, you to reveal... In my paragraph, I revealed why Louisville should be number two, and tell them the word I described Louisville. One word about five times, and you already know the word. Oh, you mean the power rankings you sent me? Yes. Okay. Here's how here's how Alan sent me his power rankings. He simply says Santa Fe won. Defense playing better and better than Louisville defense. Number two, Louisville. And this is why he says Louisville is number two. Lucky, lucky, lucky. That's all he says. Exactly. And I believe uh, Louisville has been the luckiest team this year. I believe they are a mirror him into Tallahassee. Good defense, but not so suspected offense. And that, in that statement, I believe Louisville is going to wind up losing a game to a team Possibly, if I would look down the road, a possible team that could beat Louisville would be Carolina. Carolina has a wonderful defense. The de- well, defense only held Santa Fe to 34 points. Well, and if they would have got their offense started that week, you could have looked at Carolina. Carolina right. could easily be 3-2 and two right now. Well, based on the information with defenses, okay, per the current updates on the page, we can talk about Louisville and Santa Fe. Defensively, Louisville's tied for 12th, giving up 34 points a game, and Santa Fe is 15th. Rounding it off gives out 38 points a game. Okay, when you look at the total defense, okay, total defense, Louisville is 13, giving up 401.8, and Santa Fe's 11th, giving up 395.8. It's a six-yard difference. It's six yards. Yeah, that that's it. You know, you look at sacks. Look at sacks. I mean, let's just look at some of these other numbers, just random numbers we can look at. Santa Fe has seven sacks on the year. Louisville has 12. So, you know, I mean, that's just opponents' first downs. How many times they've given up a first down to their opponent? Okay. Louisville's 11th with 86, and Santa Fe's tied for six with 82. That's a four-slot difference. Well, and that's... And this is my favorite stat. I do want to throw this out there because the Sharks are dead last with 101 first downs allowed. I love that stat for the Sharks. And I know people are going to be like, what? 
That means we don't give up the big plays. That means people got to methodically work their way down the field and keep picking up first down. It also means my defense is pretty terrible at the moment. But, hey, we'll figure it out. Uh, <laughs> I hope. Pass, pass mm-hmm. defense efficiency. Pass defense efficiency. Okay, this is a number you never hear on inside the SFL. Louisville's 11th with 94.7, and Santa Fe's 7th with 84.2. You know, team interceptions, Louisville has five interceptions. Exactly. And Santa Fe has 11. And six of those belong to Jimmy Cash Money, or Jimmy Money Cash, or whatever the guy's name is. What the hell, where'd that guy come from? He's like, he might be the hottest rookie in the league. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But so, does anybody have any questions uh, about the power rankings? We do have another poll to get to. And while we're waiting on that, I'll just throw these quick numbers out. Santa Fe, 48.6 points a game to Louisville's 39.6. These are offensive numbers. Uh, total offense, Santa Fe's 595.2, Louisville's 466. And, again, they're 1-2 in both these categories. Rush offense. Louisville, which I find this to be a shocking number, is all the way down to number nine with 110, and Santa Fe's 14th with 64.4. That's it. Uh, now pass offense, you know Santa Fe is going to be number one with 430.8, but Louisville's in third with 356. So I mean. These teams are very close in like every freaking category. They're both four now. But as you said, Santa Fe has the ability to just pile on the points. I mean, 40, 31, 45, 34, and uh, 30, what was it? Um, Double-checking here so I can give it the exact number. These are the points scored by Louisville in order, 40, 31, 45, 34, and 34. So their best score was 45. And you get these numbers out of Santa Fe, 52, 62, 33, 38, 40. Now, here was my take on this. While they're starting to get figured out a little bit more by these defenses, as you can see, 52 and 62 to start the season, they've only hit 40 now once out of the last three weeks, which means teams are figuring out their offense. But while you're figuring out their offense, their defense is also figuring it out because they gave out 41 and 38 points, and now they've given up 17, 20, and 17. So as you slow them down, they're slowing you down, so it ain't helping you any. If uh-huh. you're playing them, it's helping out, obviously, Santa Fe. And I think, and like I told you, I'm not the biggest, highest person right now on that Santa Fe defense. I've admitted that to you in private conversation. Yeah, I'm going to keep oh. emphasizing that. But at the same that. time, I've taken nothing away from that def- uh, that offense. And I can't discredit the defense. I mean, 17, 20, and 17, I'd love to be able to say I did that with my defense. Uh-huh. But at the same time... You know, I ain't got the offense they got either. So I can only look at them for them. If you're putting up that many points, you're putting up that many yards, and mm-hmm. you're giving the ball back that often, and you're only giving up that many points, a lot of credit's clearly due. Obviously, a lot of credit is clearly due. I know. Well, I watched the NLC game, and I was, I mean, either it was bad offensive coaching by. Louisville or Santa Fe has improved on the defense, and as Santa Fe faces more tougher competition than later in the season, we will see the truth. If Santa Fe's defense is really improving, Collins done 
an outstanding job the past few weeks. Uh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this, and I and I and I, I didn't I didn't mention Avery King, and he did get brought up in the chat. Yeah, Avery King has been a freaking monster as far as kicking ass and taking names as well. So I want to do this. You guys, got to give me one second to get the numbers. I had them, and I can't believe I totally forgot to go into these because I was actually going to ask this tonight because I wanted to get people's opinions on these particular players. Uh, there's some other players who may be warranted to be in this conversation that are quote-unquote defensive rookies. I'm not, you know, I'm not talking about just overall rookies. I'm talking defense only. But uh, I'm taking a quick uh, poll here within the chat. This is Avery King's numbers. He has 39 unassisted tackles and 66 assisted tackles for 55 on the year, seven tackles for a loss. Okay? Uh, He was non-existent last week, though. Wow. He only had six total tackles in that game, breaking his double digits. Uh, Let me see. As far as Avery King goes, he also has four pass deflections on the year. So that's four pass deflections, 55 total tackles, seven tackles for a loss. Uh, Jimmy Cash. Jimmy Cash has, on the season, 29 tackles total, 21 uh, unassisted, 8 assisted. And then he also has the following information. Six interceptions, one in every game. He also has nine pass deflections. If you had to vote, who's who's the best? Of the two, as of right now, who's better of the two? Clearly, it's hard to pick when one's a free safety, the other one's a linebacker. I believe that's where AB's playing linebacker. Um, so it's mm-hmm. kind of hard to pick. I don't have to go with cash right now. Yeah, it's kind of hard to pick. Well, like I said, based on all the numbers, if, if Avery had two, three sacks on him, yeah, I mean, how would you pick against the guy? And the one thing I've noticed with both of these players is they seem to be. Always near the ball. They're always near the ball. Yeah, Avery King's the outside linebacker. I wanted to double-check that. I mean, when you watch these games, these players are near the freaking ball. It seems like every freaking time they're on defense. Mm-hmm. So so kudos to those players, you know, and those teams for getting those players involved. Uh, well, Andy's saying, Andy's, and now I remember people, Andy's part of the Carolina Skyhawks, and he's giving Avery King credit but also taking credit away because, as he said, the defense is stacked. So he is being honest in stating his numbers are a little inflated because he's surrounded by talent, which I think is a great call. I agree uh, I, Right now, nobody has made another statement as far as who's better, Jimmy Cash or Avery King. And if you don't really want to say who's better, based on your current team that you play for, own, coach for, who would you like to have on your team? Avery King or Jimmy Cash, if you don't want to really say who's better. Because, I mean, you can't go wrong with either guy, in my opinion. Well, to be honest, if I would have to choose, and DeMond, I believe, still online, I would go more for, for a more bigger star linebacker, an outside linebacker than that Alonzo Hamilton. Nothing against Hamilton. I believe, I, I've always believed in the game of all three that outside linebackers are more important than inside linebackers. Well, Demond says King is cash or cash is king. So basically, either way, you can't go wrong. 
Yeah. Exactly, and I would love to have King on my team. I mean, I know that Hamilton's a pretty decent linebacker, but I've always thought that the outside linebackers are in this game. Like, I made a creative Hugh Green, a silver Hugh Green, and I've made a silver Hardy Nickerson, and I've stated and done examples, and my Hugh Green was a lot better than and I stand corrected. I stand corrected. Andy is saying no. That's not what he was saying. He's saying King is actually better and deserves more credit because guys like Fargo and Law are taking away tackles from him, and he's still doing his thing. Mm-hmm. But if I would have to pick for the two, it would have to be King because of the star quality of the linebacker position. Right. I'd and I believe both players Andy. are silvers too, so that's a good thing. Exactly, but I would go with the silver outside linebacker any day. I mean, I know that Hamilton's a gold inside linebacker. Nothing against inside linebackers. They are beasts in the game. But I've always thought that a gold outside linebacker is way better. Gotcha. I mean, you can even look at Brian Dempelt. A lot of people use him as legends. I've always thought that Otis Wilson was better than him. Mm-hmm. All right. So now, I would go with Alpha linebacker. Gotcha. Just, just if I was running the team. All right. Well, we've seen... Well, we covered those. That's what I want to say. We've covered all those things. We've discussed the power rankings. Uh, we still have to get into the upcoming games. Uh, oh, I know you want to get into your poll, and we'll, we might as well get into that here in a second. Uh, and there's some other little things that we were going to do here tonight. So if you want yeah, to get into your stats. poll. Yeah, we got stats uh, to get to. Uh, actually, a couple of tw- trivia questions, thanks to Florida 5 tonight. And we're going to just touch on a little bit of uh, the NFL. And we're actually going to do our preseason predictions, who's going to win the divisions and the two wild cards, and who's our Super Bowl favorite. See how dumb we are coming in February when the SFL gets back. <laughs> so get into your poll. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we had a great poll this week. We had a lot of votes, and we're kind of helping out the league this week. This week, we asked people to present an item they would choose for the Cafe Press. A lot of people actually committed a couple items. I I gladly appreciate everybody that voted. Y'all know who y'all are, and y'all, the ones that didn't, then hopefully y'all will get to the next poll, which the next poll is going to be a little work. Me and you is going to have to work on the next one. But we're going to actually get into this, and we asked to make the Cafe Press Shop numbers go up. What item would you like to see other than what they have so far? Some are a little weird. Some are not. And I'm not going to mention names who voted for what, but I will mention the item. Okay, property t-shirts with founding date, like Houston Ienas, uh, they would have a shirt established in the 
what season we're on. Summer 15, uh, we would do winter 15, establish winter 15 season. Like the LA Sharks, they would establish in the summer 16. Polo shirts with, with a logo. That was a pretty good one. And another somebody said team visors. Okay, and I actually got a couple from you, which I thought thought were pretty amazing. Yeah, much more than I say. This is kind of funny. <laughs> uh, a wall clock, and this one I find is pretty funny. Thongs for the ladies. <laughs> That's thongs, people. Let's get thongs with our team logo <laughs> for the ladies. Exactly. Also, there were, which I find pretty weird, um, there's actually a couple of good ones, too. Team stickers with the logo. Mm-hmm. Also, team cards, trading cards, which I thought was a very good idea. And also, we had a couple that were a little weird. Uh-huh. And I'm trying to figure out what in the world they tried to do. Suspenders with the logo on it. Suspenders, you know them, what people, them old men wear, like, you know, to hold up their pants and stuff, like uh, people from Ireland and stuff? I think people know what suspenders are, but yes, those, yeah, those uh, they want, uh, They want uh, logos with suspenders on them. Also, umbrellas. They want team logos with the umbrellas. And the last one I found absolutely, well, the, actually these other two I found absolutely weird. Teddy bears with team logo shirts on them. Okay, people, teddy bears, really? And the last one was a thing for children. Coloring books where you can color the logos in. Which I found some pretty unique. Some of them kind of weird. I have no clue why the suspenders. I mean, I don't know. Uh, hopefully Kim will actually get some of these ideas. I really like the, the My favorite was the wall clocks. I thought were pretty good. And also, I like the trading cards. I wish somebody would actually do that because I remember TJ, when the crabs came available, he did the fantasy cards with the crab rookies. And also, uh, where Stephen Molinax came out with a few cards. I wish somebody would actually make some of those, and actually, I would buy them. <laughs> but uh, this poll is going to be pretty tough, people. And it, it's an opinionated poll, but me and Doug's going to wind up putting the rankings together. And guys, we're just asking to help us. Um, we're going to have actually a little one of them to, later on this evening as we get into one of the greatest games I was ever a part of. It's called the Upset One. And, guys, we're asking to for you to submit. I will put it in the power rankings, guys, that vote. I want you to tell, uh, ask for a game and just submit it. Like You don't have to like comment message me, but... Submit it on the power rankings line. Submit what is what do you say is the best game in the SFL history? 
And if you don't know any, if you've only been here for a couple seasons, or we've got, uh, and we'll, I'll put the playlist right there where you can find it on the SFL uh, YouTube page. And just think what it was your biggest game in the SFL. We just want to know what the best game in the SFL. And next week we're going to put a top five list. Uh, me and Doug's going to agree and see who is the best SFO game ever. So, so that is going to be this week's poll. Oh, I'll throw this out. <clears throat> not a, it's not SFL related. It's because Demond's in there and <clears throat> Jason's in there and all those other guys that love them there, Dallas Cowboys. So I just wanted to see what they thought about signing Mark Sanchez here this evening. But that's okay. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> I will say this before. I mean, this is going to get off a little off subject before we get into the NFL preview. We can do that in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, but I believe Mark Sanchez is going to sit down and actually just stand there. <laughs> he won't be doing too much. I believe that Brescott will lead to Dallas until a good season this season. Uh, he's better than Austin Davis, he said. But oh, also, man. I believe the Philadelphia Eagles made a tremendous move. Yeah. If you're a Bradford fan, sorry, but this is my opinion. But Philadelphia Eagles actually stole a freaking first-round draft pick, a very high one from the Minnesota Vikings. I got the SFL in my mind already. Well, say this. They traded draft bus Sam Bradford. For a number one pick. <laughs> now, I've told people Stevery. that Sam Bradford is garbage. Well, I'm, I'm going to make this mention. <laughs> Nobody, Nobody's going to think about this. That trade. That uh-huh. trade just was huge. Huge for what team? Philadelphia. No. Why you Not Philadelphia. Not the Vikings either. When that trade, when that trade went down, if you were a Cleveland Browns fan, you need to be jumping for joy. Why is that? Well, that's like I said, that's something not many people think about. You do realize, okay? You do realize that it's real simple. The Cleveland Browns had absolutely nothing to do with that trade, okay? Nothing. So over the uh-huh. last six months, I'd say the Browns have basically been doing, doing everything they can to hoard as many draft picks as possible. I mean, since right. April, they've been pulling trade after trade after trade in effort to collect 2017 draft picks and future draft picks. One right. of those trades came a week before the draft, when Cleveland gave up the number two slot to Philadelphia. In that trade, the Eagles gave Cleveland their first-round pick, okay, their third-round pick, their fourth-round pick, and Philadelphia's 2017 first round and 18 second round picks. Now, what I'm getting at, I'm high on Carson Wentz, but he is a rookie. Chase Daniels, I have no faith in. If neither one of them can get the job done, they end up with a very bad record, and Cleveland gets a very high draft pick to go along with their probably own high draft pick. This is a team uh-huh. that could possibly end up with two top five or two top ten first round picks next uh-huh. year. Huge for the Cleveland Browns, who turn out to be big winners in that trade. Also, Which I guarantee you um, not many people thought of that. 
Also in some ex-NFL news, not the ex-NFL news, his four-month draft bust, which he was, which I believe he wasn't really a bust. Nobody really gave him a chance, but people label him as a bust, so we got to label him as a bust. His former NFL quarterback, Tim Tebow, is close of signing a deal with the Atlanta Braves, which I'm I'm actually surprised. I like it. I like it, and here's why. (laughs) I've told you my opinion about Tebow in a personal conversation. Yeah, I'll emphasize personal conversation, like I said, all night. That being said, this is the kind of guy you want and need in your locker room because he is a leader. He's not going to do drugs. He's not going to go out and beat up his woman. He's not going to knock a girl out in the elevator. He's not going to slap his mama across the face. He's not doing any of these things. He, for lack of a better term, maybe he's a role model. He's the kind of guy you want with your team. You know, well, I can't say locker room. We'll say the clubhouse because we're going to baseball. If anything, he'll build a higher morale with those guys around him. Will he succeed? I can't see that happening in baseball. But the one thing's for sure, you know, and people always question his accuracy in the NFL. They always did. You know, they said, oh, look at his numbers this and his numbers that. Yeah, well, take your accuracy numbers and shove them up your boo-ha and look at his winning numbers. That's where I go. Uh, I've always stated, and I'll say this right here on this show, if you give me a 60-65% completion percentage quarterback who's going to get me six to eight wins a year, or a 48% completion quarterback who's going to get me 10 to 12 wins, I want that guy. Because completion percentage means nothing. It's all about the final verdict. And he got the W. Yes. To me, he never got a fair shake. Deserved a true opportunity. He beat the number one ranked defense in the freaking playoffs in the Pittsburgh Steelers and still got nothing for it. No credit, no nothing. And every time the kid was given a chance to play, he kicked ass, even though the percentage was low, whatever. Nobody can argue these facts. And if they do, they don't know jack squat about football, in my opinion. His mechanics suck. His release sucks. But he got the job done. Simple, period. Anyway, now in baseball. His accuracy has been put in question. Will he be able to get the ball from the right field, I believe that's where he's going to play, and get it? To the catcher. <laughs> I believe, to be honest, I do believe he'll wind up playing for the wrong Braves by uh, by April of 2017. The wrong Braves, the single A affiliate of the Atlanta Braves. So I believe he's going to at least be a minor league player. So I believe I give him yeah. three years. <laughs> oh man, who slapped their mama? Eh, maybe he choked his mama. Oh, but man. Or not Tebow. Me, is, is it a good time to actually move into the NFL predictions? Move into the NFL prediction. Well, well as uh, Thursday, we know the NFL is getting ready to start with the Carolina Panthers visiting the Denver Broncos. Let's just predict that game. I'm not a fan of either team, but... But he believes going to win that game. I believe it's going to be a close game because I believe it's two of the worst teams in the league, to be honest. I believe it's two of the worst teams in the league, do you? Mm-hmm. I believe they will not make the playoffs, and you'll see why, who I believe is making the playoffs. 
And we're talking about the Carolina, as you called it, and the Denver Broncos. Yeah. I mean, Broncos. I'll go with Denver at home. Uh, here's what I'm going to say. And, Ramos, you want to listen real close. Paxton Lynch. I had Paxton Lynch number two on my quarterback board heading into that draft. Right. Okay, I had Carson Wentz one for the longest time. I had Paxton Lynch number two. I really am high on that kid. When he got drafted by Denver, I didn't puked in my mouth because it made me piss. I was, it's just angry. Okay, just just angry. But when you look at who they've cut, each team, who they've cut, and what they've done today, you know, okay, you get rid of Jawan Thompson and Ronnie Hillman from the backfield. To me, that is good for that running game. Just for the simple fact, that means the guys who are there are getting more reps. They're getting more time. They've they've improved their running game by getting rid of two players, and I think that's two players who honestly could have contributed. Okay, you look at Carolina. um, Nothing really stands out to me as far as who they did keep or who they didn't cut, but the one thing they still need is a better passing game, and a lot of that has to do with Cam Newton, who is possibly the most overrated player in the league. Right. You you get the MVP because of what? You run out of the pocket. Oh, you mean that same thing people said sucked when Tebow did it? Mm-hmm. Your 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 percentages aren't as great. Oh wait, but that's okay because you're allowed. Oh, that's right. You were given the opportunity to build as a draft pick. I get it. Uh Oh, yeah, this is the same guy who couldn't even uh, start over Tebow in college. But, in any case, he was given the opportunities to grow, and he grew. And now look at him. He's better than when he entered the league. But still, Carolina... In perspective with Carolina, how did they grow? But I'm picking Denver. And give me one second. Oh, okay. And as we wait on that, um, I actually have made my predictions. Um, guys, if you want to call in, the number is 724-444-7444. And all you got to do is do 15011. It's that pound key, and you'll be talking to either me or Doug Bowles. But... As we wait on that, uh, I hope every. Uh, I'm gonna everybody's predictions off. Okay, I'm back. Who do you have in the Super Bowl? Who do I have in the Super Bowl? Not you right now. Not right now. I'm asking the audience. (laughs) (laughs) But since you're back already, it's it's time to get to the division winners and the wild cards. Let's start with the AFC. Who do you have the AFC North? Ah, hmm, well, let's see, where should I go with this? You want my prediction of order of finish, is that what you're asking me for here? Division winner. Just the division winner of the AFC North. I'm taking the Cincinnati Bengals. Of the North, I have the Baltimore Ravens winning. Oh my Christ, you took the team that's going to finish third. (laughs) 
Speaking of the Baltimore Ravens, they cut their starting running back today, in case anybody didn't see that, and it seemed to get buried under the news, and Justin Forsett has now been released. I'm waiting for getting buried. Which means they are now going to rely on what a lot of people think will be Buck Allen or Lorenzo Talaferro, when in fact Terrence West will be the starter. Just saying. And Hmm. we can't ask Ed that statement because he quit on us, and I told Ed that was going to happen in February. So... (laughs) about the AFC East? The AFC East is very simple. I'm taking New England. I'm also taking the Patriots. I believe Jimmy Caroppolo will at least have them to a 3-1 and one or a 2-2 two and two record, and Tom Brady will take over and we'll win that division. Well, you mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm going to tell you right now, when Tom Brady finally hangs it up, Garoppolo will be the guy there for many years, in my opinion. Well, I also believe that. Okay, how about the AFC South? Wow, this is one of the harder divisions to pick. Because I'll tell you right now, I can make a case for all four of these teams to win the division. I really can. I can also make a case for all four of these teams to finish last. I really can do that, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Titans, they're just hard to pick. Jacksonville's clearly on the rise. The Colts got probably the best quarterback in the division, not easily. Uh, Houston has a quality defense. Their offense is always... So... I'm going to have to take the Colts just because the quarterback position is the highest and the biggest key, and they've got the best of the four. I also got the Colts winning the South. Who do you got in the AFC West? Chiefs. I have the Chiefs also. Uh, Stop copying me. (laughs) Say that last part again. How about the wild card number one? Oh, man. Wild card number one. Well, let's see. I'll, I'll break this down. When I look at, and I'll start in the West because we just ended with the West. I think the Broncos and the Chargers are going to be third and fourth in that division. Uh, the, the Chargers just, I think, are going to be freaking horrible. Denver's got far too many questions at the quarterback position. Uh, they can get it fixed. They'll be okay. Uh in the South, I'm not big on Houston at all. I just I'm not as far as being a championship type quality team. Uh, they got some very good players on the outside. Mm-hmm. Defense is pretty good. You say wild card, wild card one. I'm getting to it. Tennessee, Tennessee, they're they're building. Jacksonville's building. Uh, you know, and like I said Cleveland shitty. Baltimore's going to be shitty. Steelers will be in the hunt. The Dolphins, the Jets, and the Bills, I'm not confident in any of those. So at the end of the day, my two wild cards are going to come down to Pittsburgh will be the one. And Uh the two will either be, in my opinion, the Jaguars or the Raiders. Okay, and my wild card number one was the Bengals, and my wild card number two was the Jets. I believe uh, the Jets came close and will narrowly defeat the Raiders in the wild card standings. And my AFC favorite right now to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl in Houston will be the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts? Uh-huh. Okay, you're crazy. I believe Andrew Luke's going to be getting ready to take a Peyton Manning week. Well, I will not pick either of my wild cards to make it to the Super Bowl. That's why they're wild cards. Uh-huh. Uh, I do not like the Chiefs or the Colts, which then brings me to the Bengals. 
and the Patriots. And I'm very high on both teams. I'm, uh-huh. And I can make a case for both teams to get there. I'm a huge fan of Andy Dalton. I think he's uh-huh. one of the most underrated players in the league. Oh, and as you said, and what you said about Garoppolo, if Garoppolo can do his thing for those four weeks and at least go 500, you know, the Patriots will be the team to beat in the East, obviously. And uh-huh. Brady is going to play with a chip on his shoulder. And I think this could easily be the AFC Championship game, the Bengals and the Patriots, but I'm going to have to take the Patriots. Okay. Let's go on move to the NFC. Um, the NFC, uh, NFC North, who do you have? <sighs> Packers. I'm also agreeing with the Packers. Why is it NFC East? Who do you have? Well, the NFC East is the Giants for me. I have the Cowboys. And I'll explain the reason why. I believe that Dak Prescott is one of the best rookie quarterbacks in this in that era. I believe he is very underrated and it's gonna be a Russell Wilson type of quarterback. Okay, well let's just make sure we pull back the reins and pump the brakes a little bit on Dak Prescott and understand Dak Prescott, while impressive and done his thing and has the right to get some hype, he's done it with a vanilla offense against vanilla defenses. Now, he was in my top five of quarterbacks coming out of the draft. I thought he was one of the top five quarterbacks, and when Dallas got him, I knew they had their their replacement for Romo. We may never see Tony Romo on that field again because Dak Prescott could do everything you just said, and I would not surprise me. But yep. I'm not going to jump off the freaking ledge with him and say, here we go, he's the man, because it's been I've vanilla. Been, well, I've seen him since college, and I'm very high on him. I've watched well, the just... SEC instead of the ACC. I'm a big ACC fan. But uh, they do a lot of hype on the SEC since I live in North Carolina, close to Tennessee, about two hours from Knoxville. And I've seen Prescott plenty of times, and I believe he can be a good starter. So that's why Cowboys winning in a week in East. Well, like I said, to me, I want to see it against non-vanilla teams, and I'm I'm already buying in on him, but I want to see it before I can pick him and that team as the favorite. Okay, how about the NFC South? Wow. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to have to go with Carolina because of the defense. Carolina, I believe their secondary is one of the worst secondaries, and I don't even have them making the playoffs. And I'm, I know I'm going to be a little biased. I'm picking Tampa Bay, and the reason why I believe Dirk Coder is one of, uh, is going to be a very good coach for Tampa Bay. I believe Jameis Winston will, won't have to be the star star, but I believe he's going to have enough with Mike Evans and Vincent Jackson. I believe he's going to have a couple bullies, and I believe Duck Martin's going to get better and be probably a top uh, running back. Right. On the defensive side, uh, defensive side, uh, if you've not noticed, if you've seen, uh, Tampa Bay's actually had the most sex in the preseason. So, I mean, the only question I have is with the safety position with McDougald and Conte. But, I mean, when we went with Vernon Hartgrave, that dude uh, reminded me of a young Rondé Barber. And that's why I got Tampa Bay winning. And I believe uh, Mike Smith and... Dirk Coder will do their thing like they did in Atlanta, and they will win the division. How about the NFC West? I'm taking, barring injury, I'm taking the Cardinals. And now when I say barring injury, I mean the Palmer. Exactly. I also got the Cardinals in the West if Palmer does not get hurt. How about your wild cards? 
Uh, my wild cards are real simple for this one. Seattle automatically is going to get one by default. And I will give the option for the Cowboys to be one. If Prescott can make it work, they can get the defense going right. Uh, but because it's too many questions for me, too many questions for me, I have to sit here and really think who the next one's going to be. And it's a wide open, I mean wide open, who it could be. Uh, I'm not picking anybody from the East other than the Giants because I think they're going to win that division. Uh, in the North, I'm really not high on anyone because my pick was the Vikings. That was my original mm-hmm. wild card. Now that Teddy's down, I yeah, and I got the fourth quarterback. I can't pick. I can't pick Sean Hill or Band Aid Bradford. Right. I, just, I just, I just can't. So I'm like on the limb here trying to figure out who who it would be, and I'm going to have to pick because I think they've added some more talent. And he's going to have his second year under center, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Uh, I believe uh, the wild card is also wide open, but I believe it's either going. To, uh, it was a hard decision, but I I went with Washington, and the reason why I believe Kirk Cousins is a very decent underrated quarterback, and also I'm really high on Josh Mormon. Josh Mormon was a very good force in that Carolina defense last year, and they are are extremely going to miss him. And I believe it's either going to be Washington. Also, I can throw in the mix is uh, Los Angeles. I believe the new the new stadium. Okay. Them. I mean, I'm saying it's an outside shot. Also, either Atlanta or. New Orleans, they could also throw in a mix. Because I remember how Tampa Bay, and the reason I'm not picking Carolina, I remember when Tampa Bay won the Super Bowl, and everybody thought they were going to repeat. They went 5-11 the next season. And I believe that's going to wind up happening. They've got talent on that team. they got Keekly, Thomas Davis, and um, they also got Cam Newton. But Bay, Tampa Bay really struggle the next season, and I believe it's going to be kind of the same ordeal, because I remember Carolina, they uh-huh. went to the NFC uh, back in 2004, and the next season they went to 7-9 and nine and had all them injuries, so I believe, <laughs> and I believe the secondary is way too weak, so Carolina, I believe, could finish as the bog sellers, unless it's New Orleans. So, Super Bowl, who do you, uh, uh, NFC, who do you have? Uh, barring all injuries, the Cardinals. Cardinals. Uh, I actually went with Packers. And yeah, my my Super Bowl prediction is Cardinals and Patriots, barring injuries from both teams. Obviously, if they get injured, it can mm-hmm. be crazy. Mhm. Who hey, you got winning it all? Cardinals. If they stay I healthy, I will pick them. I actually have the Packers winning. I believe Aaron Rodgers. It is just you know. A Prince West type quarterback, and I believe they're going to have home field advantage. Tampa Bay, I believe, is a little too young right now. They'll, they'll be contenders in a couple of years. Uh, and I want to give um, you this option. I want to give you this option. What's that? We've got, we've got Andy Hamilton. He's called in. I'm going to unmute oh, him. Finally, we got a call after two he, hours. He wants to give us his opinion as well on all this. So I will go on mute for a minute and let you. Uh, did the same thing with Mr. Hamilton. So, All right. uh, Andy, welcome to the show. Hey, hey Andy, how you doing? Oh, okay. I'm doing well. How are you? 
Oh, I'm doing real good. Uh, thank you for filling in with me when I was asleep last week. <laughs> hey, not uh, a problem. It was a pleasure. Appreciate it. Uh, so, uh, I heard you're calling in to actually give us a little NFL preview. So, sure. So, uh, I would like to see your division winners and wild cards on each division. How about the SC North? Well, you you kind of shafted me here. The Bengals are my team, um, and you uh, <laughs> you went with the Ravens, who always are selected to do well in the leader in the division and they always come up third. So I don't know how in the world you think that this year will be different. Um, well I actually I went with that with thorough part of sports to be honest. I don't really follow uh, <laughs> There you go. Um I have selected the Bengals to win, um followed by the Steelers, the Ravens and the Browns. Uh-huh. Um, but there is there is some room for the Browns to jump up there over the Ravens. I like Hugh Jackson. I like what he's doing. Um, I oh, think yeah. that'll hinge on RG3. But I got the uh-huh. Bengals at the top of that one. Okay. How about the AFC East? Who you have winning that division? Um, I think what it really comes down to is how the Patriots start the season. Um, those four games uh-huh. without Brady could be um, digging themselves out of an 0-4 hole. They could be splitting it 2-2, two and two, or they could go 4-0 and roll like normal. I uh-huh. still have the Patriots on top, followed by the Jets, the Bills, and the Dolphins there. Uh, that's, pretty, that's a really good prediction. Um, how about the AFC South? The South is where it gets tricky. Um, the Colts did improve their offensive line. Their defense is still pretty much nothing. Um, uh-huh. The Texans are going to be missing Watt for at least a week, maybe two or three it looks like. Exactly. Um, but I still like the way the Texans have improved their offense. I am going Houston up top, followed by the Colts, Jaguars, and Titans. That's a really good prediction. How about the AFC West? Um, again, again, a tough one here. Raiders are building. Um, Chargers are kind of in a, a rush to get both up to speed. Um, but I like mm-hmm. the Chiefs, followed by the Broncos, then the Raiders, then the Chargers. That's a really good. So how do you like uh, your wild cards to shape out? Um, I'm giving one of them to uh, Pittsburgh because they always seem to pull one out of the bag, no matter how terrible their defense is looking. Um, And then the other one is going to be a bit of a surprise, but I am going for the Colts here. Since the Texans won the South, I think the Colts can Mm -hmm. pull out a wild card spot. So who do you have uh, representing AFC in the Super Bowl in Houston? Um, my, my gut is telling me to go Cincinnati. Um, my heart is saying it's probably not going to happen this year. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I am going to go with the New England Patriots on this one. Um, adding Martellus Bennett at the other tight end spot really, really helped them. Um, I mean, they just get Gronk and him going up on different scenes and your safeties are not going to cover both of them well, so... Exactly. I think that'll really be bad for the rest of the league. Okay, uh, shifting to the NFC, who do you got in the NFC North? Um, well, I had the Vikings until Bridgewater went down. I really don't like Bradford in Minnesota Purple. Um, he's made a glass, and they paid way too much for him, especially considering that Sanchez would have been a formidable, formidable <clears throat> replacement, and he just got cut today. Um, so I am actually right. going to go with the the Packers, followed by Minnesota, then Detroit, then Chicago. Chicago, oh, that's pretty good. 
How about the NFC East? And this could be water. Uh, yeah, with uh, I had Dallas before Prescott went down. Um, doesn't shake it uh, up you mean, too uh, much. Roma. Or yeah, until Romo went down, and you're going to have to use Prescott. I uh, I'm going with the Redskins here, um, followed by mm-hmm. Dallas, then the Giants, then the Eagles. Eagles, yeah. Also, uh, the cover, I mean, I know uh, Doug's really high on Wentz. Wentz, I just really don't see being a great quarterback. I personally think he's going to be pretty good. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think it'll be tough considering that if Romo does come back, you're going to have to make a tough decision there about whether you put him in or you keep playing Prescott. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I like the ability he has to run and throw. Um, Elliot's going to help him in the backfield. So uh, that'll take some weight off of his throwing. I mean, but he does have Des Bryant. I would would almost compare him to um, Andy Dalton a little bit, but with more of a run presence. Uh Um, And that is possibly a good thing because uh, Dalton has A.J. Green, much like Prescott has... Uh, Des Bryant, and then they have Elliott and Hill. They look pretty set up well, but Andy Dalton's running ability, as we found out in San Diego in 2013 in the wild card game, probably could use some work. So I think think Prescott gets the edge there. I don't think this year he will turn in quite as good as numbers as he did in the preseason, but I think in two or three years he could really be a great quarterback for them. Oh, yeah. And also, I would like to mention Andy Dalton is definitely a underrated quarterback. I've always been high on him since his days at TCU. I mean, the dude has just not won a playoff game yet, and after he wins a playoff game, people are going to really say he's a good quarterback. Sure. Uh, so, um, mm-hmm. And I think McK- – <laughs> don't get me started on last year's playoff game. I could go all night talking about how or oh, why yeah. we should have won that one and how and why the referees royally screwed us out of our first playoff victory. Uh, oh, I agree. Um, at, well, and the VP of officiating agrees. He has looked at all the film and said that the touchdown should not have counted. Uh, Harrison should have also been flagged for being on the field, which would have offset those two penalties, making it a 50-yarder, not a 43-er. Uh-huh. So there, there's a lot that goes into it. I won't get into all that. Um, but McCarron was a formidable backup, and in my opinion, the best backup in the NFL right now for the price that we have him at, because we're paying him what he earned as a fifth-round pick. Um, uh-huh. So that is the best young, cheap backup in the league. Uh-huh. So uh, let's get back on track. So how about the NFC South? The South is interesting. I think the Falcons got better. The Buccaneers defensively, I think, got a lot better. Um, but I am still going to give this one to the Panthers. I don't – I see Norman and their defensive backs got worse um, because Norman did leave. But uh-huh. other than that, I'm not seeing where this team got worse. They did bring back Kelvin Benjamin, who was their star uh-huh. the year before. And uh-huh. last year they still made the Super Bowl without him. Offensively, that's more firepower. And um, in terms of defense, if they get out to enough of a lead, they won't really need too many stops. You know, one or two might do it. Mm -hmm. So you got uh, the rest of the division after the Panthers. I got the Panthers, the Falcons, the Bucks, and the Saints. I got the Saints at the bottom. Mm -hmm. I agree with the Saints. I believe Drew Brees, his age is... 
I believe he, he's off of his out of his farm and getting ready to go into retirement years and soon. I, I disagree. I think Breeze is one of the I think Breeze is the one star of that team still. The defense has gone way downhill. There's not uh-huh. really any much of a defense there anymore. And in terms of offense, um, they have Ingram who plays well week in and week out. Receivers are decent, made better by Breeze, but the defense really is a hole for them. Yeah, you could you could tell during that game where uh, actually Jameis Winston finally got his feet finally wet and actually played decent in that game. I remember how the defense actually responded to Tampa Bay after they got humiliated by Tampa uh, Tennessee last season. I remember watching sure. that game off. Sure. Uh, so, so how about the NFC West? Oh, another toss-up. Um, I really liked what Doug was saying about how if the Cardinals stay healthy, Carson Palmer, former Bengal, just saying, how uh-huh. Carson Palmer could really help carry that team far and beyond. I do agree with that statement. Um, so I do like them to win that division. I think they will be followed very closely by Seattle. Then it will be St. Louis and then San Francisco. Uh-huh. Uh, as the state on L.A. Rams now. <laughs> L.A., uh, sorry. I, uh, yeah. Everybody's getting a mistake. Uh, I actually seen a logo where they said the St. Louis Rams again. Um, also, uh, I just want to go a little off topic on here. Do you believe the Arizona Cardinals, if they do not win the Super Bowl in the next two years, do you believe their window's closing because of the edge of Palmer? I think it's less of the age of Palmer and more of the age of Fitzgerald. And, I mean, when you look at it, Larry Fitzgerald is a playoff monster for them year in and year out. I remember his uh, year at Pittsburgh when he was at the Tower Bowl. That dude was impressive. Right. And there are plenty of quarterbacks in the NFL that I feel like with that receiving core, if Fitzgerald were younger – and we're going to be there for more years, that could lead them just as well as Palmer is. Uh-huh. I think, however, if you take Fitzgerald out of the fold with Palmer, it then gets very tricky. Uh-huh. I mean, hell, look at the Carolina game last year where he threw so many interceptions. Exactly. That right there is a prime example of why it's more of the pieces around Palmer that are making them good, and the defensive side of the ball is great. And why Palmer is not really that much of a deterrent on how well the Cardinals do. Oh yeah. So how, I don't. How I don't want to interrupt you guys. Right. I don't want to interrupt you guys, but I just want to give some quick NFL news. Blaine Gabbert has officially been named the starting quarterback for San Francisco, and oh. the Denver Broncos are currently trying to trade Talib. Continue. A key Talib that could kill the Broncos. <laughs> Um, I'm off to Tampa. We would love to have you. You're right. <laughs> he's getting up there in years. Uh, Cincinnati would love to have him, but not at any price that he's going to ask for. I'll put it that way. Oh, I know. I, I, Tampa Bay, I mean, uh, there's a troublemaker in Tampa. But how about your two wild cards? Um, so wild cards, I think the Seahawks will obviously grab one of them. Um, mm-hmm. And then the second one gets tricky. The second one gets very, very tricky. Um, I think this will come down to the two teams who lost quarterbacks this year. I think it'll come down to the play of Dak Prescott, and it'll come down to the play of Sam Bradford. If Sam uh-huh. Bradford can do anything better than what he did last year in Philadelphia, 
I think the Minnesota Vikings will be in that spot. I really, really like Mike Zimmer as a head coach. I think Adrian Peterson is going to go off uh-huh. this year because they're just going to keep feeding him the ball. And if you think about it, that receiving core got way better than it was last year. Oh, yeah. Now, so who do you like representing the NFC in Houston? Well, I'd, I'd like to point out first, I had Minnesota as representing the NFC before Bridgewater went down. Right. So how that's going to change now gets very interesting. Um, I think I will go and repeat who it was last year in the NFC Championship. I think it will be the Cardinals and the Panthers again playing uh-huh. each other, and I think the Cardinals get the best of this one. And I but think as long as uh, – as long as all of their main pieces on defense stay healthy and Carson Palmer stays healthy, I think the Arizona Cardinals and an amazing playoff performance by Larry Fitzgerald will head to take on the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Uh, everybody be hated and New England win the Super Bowl again, or will a brand-new team win, actually win the Super Bowl? I think, I think the Arizona Cardinals, as long as they can involve their three running backs keep everyone healthy that is a main piece, as in their defenders, Carson Palmer, and um, at least one of their three running backs, uh-huh. I think they will win the Super Bowl. I think oh. um, that defense, if there is one to beat New England, it'll be that deep. Oh, yeah, exactly. And now to close out the NFC portion of our show, um, you've actually looked like y'all finally got y'all's offense started. Congratulations on the upset win over Sioux Hall. So, yeah, um, um, go ahead. Go ahead. I was we have another say, call. I, I was just going to say guys. I appreciate it. Cool. Uh, don't know who it is. That could right. be one no, of 27 people. All right, Texas, you're with us. Hey, everybody. Hey, Ramos, how you doing? I'm doing very good, and you? All right, uh, so uh, what, what what do you believe is happening in Denver? Do you believe it's hurting y'all's team, or what's going on? Uh, with Denver, I don't know, man. I mean, I'm I'm looking at the news. We just signed Austin Davis. I think he's stuck. Who the hell knows, man? <laughs> uh, how about the rumor of trading a key to leave? I mean, no. I mean, uh, Trevor Seaman. All he has to do is to not to not screw things. The defense is good. He has good receivers. Uh, just don't do. Just do not make him Mark Sanchez. That that that's it. That's, uh-huh. that's it. I mean, the run the running offense will be okay with C.J. Anderson. But uh-huh. All Trevor Seaman has to do is not come in and stupid. Yeah, uh, it looks like y'all had the game of the year this week and probably the best game overall in the SFL this season. I'm just kidding. And unless it looks horrendous. But congratulations on being number one this week. Thank you so much. How, uh, do you feel like you finally deserve it? I do. Uh, for the first time this season, I have us number one on the power rankings. I don't like to have us number one in the power rankings normally. Uh, all these past weeks, I have us uh, number two or number three, depending on Sioux Falls and Louisville, how they play their games. But after how the defense played against NYC, now granted, NYC also had like general uh, play calling. You know, I'm not the guy to say that, but some stuff like, like hmm. 
you know, throwing short of the sticks and, and running the ball when it was not working. So either way, Adams um, uh-huh. number one, Louisville number two, because they were really close from losing the game against Orlando. Orlando's a great team, but they were blue, uh, close from losing, and they throw a lot of interceptions, turnovers, and uh, they don't involve David, Derek, David Overstreet rather as much as they probably should. Exactly. Uh, but, uh, Andy, congratulations on your Skyhawks, uh, by the way. Uh now, uh, how, do you feel like uh, you are going to actually do a turnaround? I mean, this season. Um, I I don't like the word turnaround. I also don't like being congratulated on a win that I feel like um, was coming. Um, I <laughs> I appreciate I appreciate it. I, I'm not uh-huh. um, discounting that. Um, I I do think we are going to continue winning. Um, and I don't, but I don't think it should be considered a turnaround. Um, a, th- a three-game losing streak isn't one uh, that I think really um, should be considered a turnaround in a 12-game uh-huh. season. Uh, uh-huh. But yeah, I, I do think we'll continue to win. Um, looking at our schedule, I think we anticipated it was going to be a lot harder than it's shaping out to be. Um, and I, I do like our matchups heading forward. Um, we will have a tough run of it near the end. I think we have Louisville and Dallas and then Louisville again within the same, like, five weeks. Oh, yeah. Um, I, so that'll be... I, believe, I don't know who y'all have this week. I, I know Doug knows. Oklahoma City. OKC. Okay, see, so OKC has been up and down this season. So how do you sure. see how that game shaping out? Um, I, I like how um, Shan and I have set up uh, what we're going to do offensively and defensively. Um, I feel pretty confident heading into the week. Um, I would say more confident than I was last week. Um, and if anyone listened to the uh, Inside the SFL last week. I I felt pretty confident in our ability last week, so I still feel confident in that ability. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I think Oklahoma City is going to throw something at us that we haven't seen before, Um, so we are kind of preparing that way, um, and I'm just hoping that we are uh, making the right decisions uh, in the office with me and Chan. And the congratulations was the walk-to-walk of the talk-to-talk. I, I really sure. congratulate people on that. It's more of a personal statement where you and him have that little friendly argument, AJ Pick Six, and you were correct. You sure. backed it up um, with on the field. Uh, English got rolling really good. I actually seen a lot of y'all's game. And I was sure. really surprised how good y'all's offense performed. Sure, and I mean taking away nothing from them, they're they're they are a great team. Um, exactly. They're definitely going to make their run at the championship this year. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Um, and I meant no disrespect in our conversations last week and even tonight when I was talking about um, that they should be lower on the uh, power rankings than number three. Um, it. I, they're a great team. I just think our matchup was, worked well for us, um, and we came out on top of it. So congratulations on the win. And uh, Ramos, I got a I got a question for you. Yeah. Okay. Five and uh, how's it feel the targets getting in uh, Santa Fe? You think things are gonna finally start preparing harder for y'all, or how do you get your team prepared for that? 
Well, we, as I say last week, uh, I believe it was last week, we just have to play Gorilla Football. It has worked for us for five straight games, and I believe we have to continue to do so. Uh, uh-huh. Matt, Matt Wilson is doing a fantastic job. Nick Dickpick is doing a fantastic job. Uh, Calvin uh-huh. Kim's playing better week after week. The defense is playing week better week uh-huh. after week. And ultimately, every week we try to go 1-0. Oh. Well, I got a hey, question hey, for you, Ramos. Who do have this week? Ramos, he's playing Dallas. At Dallas. Okay, Dallas. Uh, Dallas, I believe, to be honest, I mean, no disrespect to Steven, I believe they are very overrated, and I, I really like going that matchup. I will state it in the predictions later on the show, but how do you feel like y'all match up against Dallas? I think we match up pretty nicely against Dallas. I like mm-hmm. our secondary against their receivers. I like Colin Douglas against Dimitri Southat. I like Cesar Romero against... Uh, Yuya Iva. I like our safeties against uh, Boychuk and Concord. Uh-huh. Uh, I like our pass rush to disrupt their offense. Our linebackers, I like them to contain uh-huh. like this on offense. Our offense, that is. I uh-huh. like our wide receivers against their secondary. I like our tight end, the mismatch that he can create. So I think we match up pretty nice, but we shall see. I like y'all. Uh, I will state later the reason why, but I really like y'all against Dallas. Uh, Dallas to me is yes, I'm gonna put them four because of three and one record. But I really, in my heart, I believe they would be two and two, uh, two and two right now if it wasn't for the Bovine. Well, maybe yeah. I mean, Bovine going down is one of the best tight ends in the league. So I mean, maybe uh-huh. yeah. at the end of the day, well. Dallas. Uh, with Brock Marconi, 97-yard drive. I mean, Brock Marconi is like the John Elway or Tom Brady of the league. Well, I'm going to ask you this, Ramos. Yeah. Four, counting the Dallas game, four of your next five games are on the road. Your only home game is September the 18th when you play Houston. But you right. travel to Dallas this week, then you're at OKC, then you're uh, home against Houston, at the Sharks, at the Intimidators. So five out of the next six, actually. I miscounted that. Or five out of five. Yeah, four out of five. How do you prepare to basically not travel very far? Because you lucked out when you think about it. You could have been traveling to places like Carolina or traveling to a place like Minnesota or traveling to a place like Sioux Falls. But instead, all you got to do is just take your team right across the border to Dallas, to Houston, uh, a little bit over to L.A. and Oklahoma City, and the furthest trip will be Orlando. All these road games, how do you prepare to constantly get on the road? And of all these teams you have left, Dallas, OKC, Houston, L.A., Orlando, Tallahassee, and Sioux Falls, who's got you staying up the most at night preparing for that team? Everybody. Uh, Dallas, maybe, because they're, they're our next uh, opponent, and we are looking forward to them. And ultimately, one game at a time. And now we're thinking of Dallas. And after the Dallas game is done, we were thinking about the next opponent. So uh-huh. right now, ultimately, I will say Dallas, and because they're one heck of a team as well. I figured that would be your answer. I tend you as one of those owners who never looks ahead. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean the uh, the rest of the schedule is no, it doesn't get any easier. But right now for us is Dallas. We're trying to go six zero, and after that game, we will go to the next one. So. And I'll tell you the same thing I said to uh, Jason McGee and A.J. Levy and those guys when uh, Sioux Falls was playing Dallas. Uh, all you hear about is the Italian Stallion 
That being Rocco Marconi, the way to beat them is to bust out the Apollo Creed defense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh-huh. uh, again, I'm really confident in that one of the defense. Uh, I love the way Jimmy Cash is playing. Uh, I love Jimmy freaking Cash. You did <laughs> yeah. see the news from the SFL office this morning about Jimmy Cash, didn't you? You have until business hours tonight to trade him to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where, did that, where did that guy come from this year? Holy smokes. Man, man has been clutched all season long. I'm telling you. Yeah. Huh. Awesome. yeah good, good, good. Mm-hmm. And he's like, like I said earlier, him and guys like Avery King, they seem to be near the ball. Every time a tackle's being made, they're, like, right there, if they're not involved. Oh, uh, Ramos, here you go, by the way. Uh, here's your tag news, ladies and gentlemen, by the way. Oh, uh, oh boy. Uh, the only thing we mainly have is sitting out Lawson and Mighty RX, Max Hall, we had him a couple weeks ago on the call. Uh, they are meeting in the tag, for, uh, tag championship, and... Final scores we have this week is Seattle 10, Tampa Bay 3, and that's basically it because nobody's decided to hardly play games this season. So that's going to be it. Sorry, we're about 29 minutes short on your little 30 minute thing, Remus. I'm glad you still called us. <laughs> but uh, we can't report anything. We can't report really anything unless people actually play games. <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, with CAG, I don't, I don't want to get in much into CAG right now. Uh, I think that we have to go a little bit with more BSFL stuff uh, with CAG. Um, I don't know. We, we you want to do 30 minutes worth of CAG, though? I did see that message on Flusher. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got this question for Ramos and Andy, <laughs> since they're both still with us. Yep. Um, I'm assuming sooner than later here, we'll be getting to the Week 6 slate of games. Would you two like to join us in dropping your picks for the games? Uh-huh. I have to uh, run it a bit, but um, I will pass oh. on. Okay. Just he has to oh, run uh, a little bit. I'll leave that alone. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, Andy, yeah, will you be joining us for that? Him a little bit. Yeah, I'll join you. Cool. Good deal. Good deal. Yeah, uh, but Ramos, there is one thing, and I would like to get into. Uh, you're uh, you're actually well. We're gonna actually touch on this game a little later. It's a little spoiler. Um, to nine twenty fourteen. Does that thing remind ring a bell for you? Nine twenty fourteen. Almost two years ago. Almost two years ago. Uh, September twenty two thousand fourteen. And this uh, this does have a deal with the SFL. What happened on that day? On the SFL? Uh-huh. Uh, that was season three. Uh-huh. I would say Baltimore against. I'm not sure. I, I'm I'm guessing or I'm guessing Baltimore because that's the season three. It was Baltimore and San Francisco. Baltimore. And and that game would change the history of the SFL. Major And we are actually going to take a look at that game uh, a little later on in the show after we do our predictions. Um, 
and not to tell anybody, <clears throat> you were actually a player on that team um, back in season three. How did that loss change? Oh man, that was. Uh, I feel this day that's the biggest upset in NFL history by far. By far. I mean, uh, San Francisco was four and four that season, and Baltimore was eight and zero. It was in Baltimore, and how that defense of San Francisco they was. <laughs> But um, yeah. I mean, that I was, mean, that was the last game for a lot, um, a couple guys also. And we're gonna actually take a back look later on in the program if you're actually still tuning in on on the internet uh, to break down that game and why it's so important this week. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is a, a game where I remember like I, I couldn't believe it all game long. I couldn't believe it what, what I was. I was like, I for sure thought that Baltimore was going to win by like 20 points. Like, no disrespect, uh, disrespect to uh, San Francisco. But it was like, Baltimore, I don't know, a great offense, great defense. Uh, there's no way San Francisco wins. And they won, and they, won, they went into the championship game, and they were close from winning at the, the championship, actually. Exactly. And we're going to explain why it could have happened and how could it have been avoided. And, but we're going to get that later on in the broadcast after we get to our stats portion after the predictions. So, Doug, I believe it's a good time to go and get to the predictions. How about that, my man? Okay. So, in this case, sorry, but I have to go. I'll be posting in the chat. Or, uh, All right, my man. Uh, uh, you have a good night, uh, Mr. Ramo. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. Thank you. Alan, thank you, uh, Doug, and Andy. Andy. Still here. <laughs> All right. I'm still chilling. Okay, awesome. Okay, so I will leave Have this one Andy. Thank you. All right, Mr. Buzz. Ain't that the ain't it time to get into week six? Um, no, it could be. You tell me. Or is it time to get into the upset? Which one do you want to do first? Repeat that. Do you want to go ahead and do the predictions, or did you want to do the upset? Do whatever one you want. Which one you want to do first? I'm good with either way. Uh, well, since we uh, just got off of it, let's go and do the upset. Did you uh, get that broadcast? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, go ahead. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, now, to September 20th, 2014... This game would change the history of the SFL forever. You had the eight does Baltimore Crabs on the way of actually winning the SFL title. The San Francisco Bulldogs barely got in the playoffs, ran a running back with one ability in the name of Michael Irvine. This upset would happen... And it would change the history of the SFL. And we're going to tell the reason why the importance of this game is so big because of this week. And go ahead and Doug and roll the film. You want me just to play the video, huh? 832. 832. Started at 832. 832. And just like an idiot, just like that, I added at 832 and I accidentally closed it. Give me one second. (laughs) I, All right. I just did that. For a while, ladies and gentlemen, we're not safe. 
Yeah, don't mind us, ladies and gentlemen. We're freaking Looney Tunes on this show. Doug knows right. why the importance of this game, and he will know why. Okay. Here's Cam on the call. Yes, I'm playing here in one second. Just have to make sure my audio is on. <laughs> A lot of people does not know about this game. Okay. Here we go. With all three up ten. Three receiver set. Dazzo, three-step drop. Going deep. Nick Quick, 20, 10. And tackle to the two. First and goal. It's about time you showed up. But a touchdown-saving tackle from Andrew Ball. First and goal at the two. 60 seconds to go. Dazzo to throw. Dazzo puff fake. Sidearm pass. Back in the end zone. It's intercepted. By David Holmes, you've got to be kidding me. The fifth Baltimore turnover. And right there. And it's simply... Right there, what? Right there. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, as you heard, San Francisco was up 31-21 in that game. They were two yards of making it a one-score game, but thanks to Andrew Ball's tackle, which would later, uh, Andrew Ball would do it a miraculous, giving the Maulers first loss in the regular season. Ladies and gentlemen, that was the first win by the San Francisco Bulldogs and the only win of the franchise over the crowd. This week, the Los Angeles Sharks take on the Baltimore crowd looking for a two, almost two-year drought ever since the upset. Guys, during that game, you have the likes of Joe Remus-Lynn, now owner of the Santa Fe Gorillas, playing safety. You had Thomas Patternetti, the head coach of the Baltimore Cubs, now the owner of the Minneapolis Maulers. And also, it would be the last time <clears throat> Alan Drum would actually move the crowd from Scouter and go over to Minneapolis. It was also the first time every single player was created by the crowd, ended with a major upset with one bronze running back. Even though the Bulldogs would no longer go that far, the Sharks are 2-3 and three this season and could pull off a big shocker again, but dropping the Crabs to 2-4 and four as we open week 6 of the SFL. So let's get go ahead and get to the predictions. <clears throat> All right, to the predictions we go, and we will start with the games that will happen tomorrow night, and we will start with SFL and 3. And as I stated when we first opened the show, I don't have the official stats because they're not quite updated yet on whose uh, offense is ranked where, whose defense is ranked there, and I don't want to give uh, unfair information for some teams, so we'll just give the records. The 0-5 Cleveland Vipers, who are currently seated 16th in the power rankings, will be traveling to the Houston Hyenas, who are currently 1-4, and, and per the power rankings are seated 14th. And Andy and Doug, I will give you all the floor since I will not make predictions since I am 
the the offensive coordinator for the Hyenas. So go ahead and make your pick. Good, Andy. I'll defer to you. All right. Um, I am going to go with Houston for this one. Um, Cleveland coming out of last week looked a little confused front office wise. Um, they had a little bit of a disagreement. Um, I am hoping that they can get that sorted out, but I don't think that can happen within the week. Um, I'm going to give this one to Houston. Well, well, for me, uh, based on what Andy said, yeah, how how on earth are they going to get that corrected over there in the week? They had a big miss, you know, how you want to word it, blow up for all to see. It was all over the place. Uh, and Destro just hung up. I was about to bring him in here in a second. I saw he was on the call. Uh, so if he calls back in, I'll get him on. Uh, but this is where I flipped the script, and I think that heated discussion where they went off is what that team probably needed for them to find their itch this week. They've been in five very tough games and almost mm-hmm. won four of those games. This is when they get off the schneid. I'm going to take Cleveland in the upset. <laughs> All right. I know uh, that's a shocker for some people, especially you, Alan, based on things that I know. But I just got that hunch. But we'll see. Uh, I just to say, uh, if Destro does come back on the call, go ahead and interrupt me. But I just want to say that this week was a little more on threat for Houston. Um, we actually did actually get a lot of plays that were where Washington will not be thrown that much. Okay. Washington. <laughs> uh, any, but anyone who want, is willing to trade a generic wide receiver for Washington, uh, I'll even go for a third rounder, anything, even a Freddie Fox. I love Freddie Fox, Jason. I'll give you I'll, I'll give you Washington <laughs> and a pick. But anybody that wants Washington, he's a, he's a wide receiver that drops everything in the Bible, Jesus. And completely no pun intended. Our game and the reason why we're one and four. But Washington is uh, the trademark. Uh, well, before I get to that next game, Destro's back on the call, so we're going to bring him in. All right, Destro, Bruce T. Hey, what's up? What's going on, gentlemen? What's yeah, up, that Bruce T? That Bruce T is a legit thing. That was a picture I actually took myself. What's up, Destro? How are you doing tonight? Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I had someone, uh, oh, what's going on? How you doing? I had someone oh, my fullback. He took a picture. Well, he sent me a link, so it was legit. I ain't never heard of it, so I'm going to just go and check it out. Bruce T. Very creative stuff. I liked it. I actually bought a can of it. I think it was like five bucks for two cans, which is crazy, but I gave it a shot. It's not too bad. I still prefer my Nas, but that's not a bad alternative. Good stuff. Uh, What's going on? Y'all talking talking about my bag. Go ahead, Alan. Uh, Destro, I was just going to give you an intake. You were there uh, as actually just got done with your first stint in the SFL as a coordinator for the then Dallas Stars. Uh, How 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 familiar were you with the upset about two years ago on uh, when San Francisco upset Baltimore? Give me your intake on that. It was, no, it was during the playoffs, and you know, I'm gonna be honest with you, I wasn't paying attention. 
I don't remember the story, but, you know, you, you know, I had to recant back to it. You told me about the SFL, but then TJ, when I joined CAG, he came with me a week later and was like, hey, why don't you take over this coordinator thing for the Dallas Stars? I'm like, for what? SFL? What the hell is SFL? You know, <laughs> so I took over and said, well, you don't play the game. You just do plays. I'm like, well, well, I don't want to do that bullshit. But I, <laughs> I, it was 0-2. It was 0-2 when I uh, went in, and and I was kind. Of, I ain't gonna lie, I was got irritated because you know I'm, I'm putting more run plays in and and taking putt pass plays out, and the fool still want to pass when he got a goal running back, Johnny Anglers. So I think I did like the rest of the season. I was like, man, bump this, man. Let me go back to Hexen team, do what I do best, and oh, I just then I went him around. I was like, deuces. Then all of a sudden you took a season off, and look where you were. During the off season, uh, after winter uh, winter fifteen, you you got named as one of the owners of the DC Dragons, and y'all won that title this, that season. One of my season I took off. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, that's, that's how, I mean, it couldn't deny me. I mean, I'm the best looking owner in the league for one, and number two, I mean, it's just not you know I'm just teasing, but you know, yeah, I was, I was glad to be in it and. You know, it all worked out. You know, we struggled at first, and we made a little, had a little run in the playoffs and won a championship, barely, but we won it. Yeah, yeah. but it went to win. But, uh, if y'all were yeah, talking we about Cleveland, y'all were talking about yeah. Cleveland, and, and what was y'all talking about that? Because I kind of dropped the phone, and that's where I hang up, uh, and I had a we were, back play. We're going over the games, and we were giving our predictions for this week's games, and we had only mentioned one game, and that was Cleveland at Houston. If you want to join the fun, by all means, give us your thoughts on the game. And the prediction. I'm not allowed to make a prediction since I'm an well, They're playing Houston. I think Darnell Black might, might, might at least get 250 on them. Wow. <laughs> I agree. 250. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm being generous. Maybe 225. All right, come on, 250. I like that. Man. Well, the Vipers give up 96.2 yards a game rushing. That's going to be a lot more after that. And I know, and they have given up no rushing. There's issues going on Cleveland right now. You know, now I'm the same, from what I'm hearing, now I'm the same uh, page, and, you know, we was there. I know my name was mentioned at Rant, so... Mm. You know, so I, you know, I was about to go to sleep, close my eyes, and you know, ding, 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 like what, what? You know, <laughs> got me caught up in some drama, but you know that happens. You know, when you're when you're struggling and you're losing, you know, pressure that you ever begin to rise, and you know things happen. And so right. therefore, uh, you know, not to get into specific details, we all know what the deal is or deal was. So, um, you know, just hope that they iron those things out and. Hopefully they're on the same page and they get back on winning track, but I don't think they'll win this week. Right. No, we went through some closed door things ourselves in Houston and I can get I can tell you that Friday night everything went according to plan. Nobody was arguing or anything. What should have been taken out was to taken out and Hopefully we can get back on track. But, uh, Duster, if you want uh, Washington, I will give you any players in the America. I would love to get rid of Washington. Oh, man. 
But, uh, yeah, we're going to move into the next game there, Alan, as you try to negotiate for your generic wide receiver. Uh, <laughs> and like you, I will not make a prediction of this game because this is the team I'm part of. On SFLN2 tomorrow night, the L.A. Sharks travel to the Baltimore Crabs. Both teams come into this game with the same 2-3 and three records. I need y'all to win. That's what the answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> Anniversary of the upset. Uh, LA's been playing some terrific ball the past few weeks ever since Doug took over as sole ownership of the LA Sharks. Baltimore, I believe if a few things were switched, I believe we would have won that game uh, against Baltimore. Uh, I got LA winning this one in the close up there. The game's at Baltimore, you say? Yeah. Well, they have an ass. Usually they won their home game. They rarely lose. But, you know, I'll say y'all pulled all about three. Andy, how I'm, uh, I'm going to go with uh, L.A. in this one. Um, I think it'll be – I think it'll be seven will be the difference. So everybody's saying a project. Close game. Any thoughts on this game, Doug? Uh, I, well, I mean, I told you straight up I was concerned with this game, and a lot of it had to do with what uh, Destro had just said. Their history at home is ridiculous. So I, I, I'm nervous. I think they're a balanced team offensively. So I'm just hoping I can slow them down because I'm still learning defense. And, you know, like I said, when Ed left, I looked at that defensive playbook for the first time in the history of me playing in this game and being in this league. So this will be my fourth week doing this all by myself. So I have four weeks of experience and less than four weeks of looking at the defensive playbooks trying to figure this out. So that's why I have a concern because they are a legit offense. So, uh if we lose, I just hope I make it competitive. Let's put it that way. I really, I really believe uh, you have a loss to get it done. I really question the Baltimore's one linebacker setup. I believe it's horrendous against the run. I believe y'all, Parky uh, Joe's gonna have a big game, and y'all will find a way. <laughs> y'all's defense is way better than Houston. Uh, I mean, I'm not discrediting my team, but. But beyond, I mean, the stat sheet, I mean, y'all's defense has been way better. Now, I believe y'all have enough firepower to get the job done with Parsi Chow. Fair enough. All right. We'll go to the game of the week. Well, not the game of the week, but the game of the night. Uh, on SFL and one Cam will be having the call on this game. You have the two, I'm sorry, the three and two Minneapolis Maulers. Traveling to the 5-0 and Louisville Wolfpack. This is the game many thought would have been last year's championship game. So uh, where do we want to go with this one? Andy, go ahead. You go first. Let's see. Minneapolis and Louisville, it's going to be a good one. Um, I think like all the rest of Louisville's games, it's going to be close. Um, I am going to go with Minnesota or Minneapolis on this one, believe it or not. Interesting. Mm. I'm going to go ahead and go with Louisville. If T-Pat would have not went with one corner, which I believe is a complete dumb move, 
I believe Louisville, I believe it's going to be a major shootout. Don't get me wrong, but I believe Louisville will, will outscore Minneapolis, so I got Louisville in this. All right. That's It'll be a tight game, and then Louisville's going to pull out in the fourth quarter. You know, Minneapolis, they're going to have to get pressure with those two defensive bands that they have to get some sort of pressure. You know, Skeletor P. Funky, known for throwing interceptions, three six against us without pressure. So if they're able to get pressure, then they might do something. But if he has all day to throw, then he's going to eat up that right side, or their right side, Minneapolis' left side that has no corner. And they'll just uh, they'll just throw all over the place. They'll rob the death like they did us. And then they'll, uh, they'll pull out in the fourth quarter. And since the stats aren't 100% updated, I'm going to have to defer to you on this one, Destro. Did Tallahassee uh, on Thursday night get a sack against you? Did they get no. any sacks on Cody? All right. Well, then that being said, you and Louisville, that would be D.C. and Louisville, are currently the top two teams in the league and not allowing sacks on the quarterback. You both have allowed three on the season. That's it. And Minneapolis, as you were saying, with those defensive ends, they come in with their 17-team sacks, which is best in the league. They're averaging 3.4 game. Um, T. Cabell and Capone, they're just they're coming off the thing like absolutely insane. But here's why I will take Louisville. That generic corner and the way Louisville's been tossing the ball is going to get them. And I'm going to pick Louisville to put up 40 points and win by about 10. Yeah, because you figure, you figure if, that, if that silver receiver can just chip that up, uh, they do those out, or not out, but when they do that swing pass, or, yeah, they do a swing pass when they pass on the flat, if that silver receiver can chip that brunt, that generic corner, just enough to get them off track, and now have overstreet and shoot up the field. Right. So, we'll see what happens. But uh, we'll go to the next games. These will be the games that are happening Wednesday night, September the 7th. On SFLN3, you have the 5-0 Santa Fe Gorillas at the 4-1 Dallas Roughnecks. I'm going with Santa Fe in a blowout. Wow. In a blowout. I believe Dallas is going to be really exposed in this game. And I believe Dallas should be 3-2 and two right now. If it wasn't for the bovine injury, I believe they would have been 3-2. and two. So I'm going to look Santa Fe. Santa Fe is playing some hot ball right now. Until they play a, in my opinion, a better team like Sioux Falls or even Houston. Houston, if they can get their defense rolling like they've had in the past few weeks and not throw the interceptions. I believe Santa Fe's got a way too much firepower for a Dallas. Okay. Andy Destro, who you got? Um, I personally um am gonna go again with Santa Fe on this one. Um Dallas's DBs um are decent in the silver area, um one in the bronze, um the question will be, can they use the linebackers um, in Malone and Rebrabre, Ed, Ed, I don't know if I'm saying that right, um, can they use them 
in the passing defense at all because if we know one thing about Santa Fe, they throw the ball all day long. That and uh, how well can Mike Davis get going, how well can their receivers play. I think that's what it will come down to, but I am going to take Santa Fe by 14. Wow. All right, Destro, who you got? Santa Fe. And the reason why is those two gold receivers. That's the only why. They have two gold receivers, a bronze and a slot, and that silver tight end. So, yeah, you try to scrap apart, they'll, they'll get you. And that's something I was going to touch on here. Dallas <laughs> goes under the radar with the fact that they also only have one corner. That's June Fierro. He's the only corner on the team. And they carry the two strong safeties in Carlo Montero at bronze and Tony Loshaw at silver. And um, Pizza Cord. Oh, wait, PC Cord. Whatever. Have PC Cord, Pizza Cord. What's the difference? For free safety at silver. Uh, and then they have the Ed Rebrabe. Uh, the outside linebacker at silver, and Bones Malone, the inside linebacker at gold. Now, here's the only thing I'm going to say, being honest. This is a team with one defensive back, well, one corner. Yet, Dallas is ranked fourth against the pass. Fourth. Only the Tallahassee Pride have given up less touchdown passes than Dallas. That's six for Dallas and four for Tallahassee. And they're number one against the run. If you're that good against the run, that means you can load your defense to stop the pass this week when you know that's all Santa Fe is going to do anyway. And that being stated, do they have enough firepower with the four bronze receivers to make it a game? Now, I know, Alan, you said this is going to be a blowout. I yeah, think this I is... Too. I believe this is the way Dallas can prevent that from happening. They well. need to rely too much on the pass. Uh, I believe if they do get the running well. back uh, going again and not do as much passing, I believe Dallas does have a good chance to put some points <clears> up. But well, I think this is a game. I believe they're going to really blow them out. Well, I think this is going to be a game closer than people think. I mean, Dallas is only giving mm-hmm. up 18 points a game. Like I said, they're top four in uh, rush uh, pass defense. They're number one in the rush defense. Uh, offensively, when you look at Dallas offensively, uh, they're not doing too bad either. I mean, scoring-wise, they're mid-pack. I think they're ninth in the league. Uh, they're rushing uh, offense, I believe, seventh. And uh, their pass offenses, which they seem to live and die on, is ranked fifth or what mm-hmm. have you. But I think because this defense is strong, despite the one defensive back, I don't know how he's doing it, so kudos to Steve Mullinax. I think this is one of those games where gorillas will be sitting there and chewing their, their freaking Arabe nails and, want, and and a la Stevie T. Diggs wanting to chuck bananas across the room because they're getting in frustration. But I can see this game ending like 35, 28, 24-ish, somewhere in there, but I'm going to go with Santa Fe because, as the Magistro stated, those two goal-wide receivers. <clears throat> but I think it'll be a tighter game than some people anticipate. Yeah, and I would like to do a little statement, too. I believe the reason why I'm going with Santa Fe's defense to shut them down decently is because the bronze receivers. Uh, to me, Dallas depends too much on Rockies Marconi's arm, and they should against Santa Fe mix it up more with the run. I mean, Concord and 
out that, I mean, they're good receivers, but you, at the end of the day, I mean, they're broad. And that's where, where Sioux Falls had a good chance, I mean, could have blew them out if it wasn't for their injury to Caesar Cannon. And I believe Santa Fe's way too much. I believe it's going to be around the 62-38 margin or something wow. around there. 62? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right. Well, then let's jump into the SFLN2 that same night mm-hmm. Wednesday. And I know Andy's not going to get a prediction on this one, but he can give us his thoughts nope. then. Uh, the Oklahoma City Renegades, who come into this game 2-3. and three. They travel to Carolina, who's now also 2-3. and three. Destro, who you got? I'm sorry, I dropped my phone train. Carolina, who? Oklahoma City. Mm. I think Carolina's going to get it. You know, I watched that game because I'm watching the Sioux Falls right now. It's like I'm looking at how they did them. They manhandled the Sioux Falls. And, you know, it's like now they John Ames on a roll. I think he's going to do the same thing. Pete Bruschi is going to do his thing, too. I say Carolina by a touchdown. But it's going to be it's going to be a double fight. It's going to be on the ground. Each team is going to be pounding. I think Carolina is going to pull it out and win by seven. All right. Alan, what do you got? Uh, to me, I believe I have Carolina. Uh, the reason why, and like, like Baltimore, OKC is too much Dr. Jackal and Mr. Hyde to me. I mean, you go... <laughs> You go, I mean, I know the injury. You got, you compete with, I mean, Dallas, which is was a three and one team, and you you could you could have won that game without Bovine, which they should have won the game with Bovine. But you lose to a, a lot of a lot of people say uh, a bad team, and okay, I mean, and NYC, then you blow out uh, uh, an improved LA Sharks team. That's where I just don't get this team. And Carolina, I mean, they even though they started to win three, they are starting to ship, and I believe this team's going to be hard to beat in the future. And I have to go with Carolina in this game. All right, well, here's where I'm going to go with this game. you got the tail of two two sides here. And what I mean by that is both teams struggle offensively as a whole for the season. Okay, and now what I mean by that is if you look at the total offense by these two teams, they're both near the bottom. Oklahoma's 11th, Carolina's 12th. When you look at the defense, Carolina's 6th. Oklahoma City's got the number one defense in the league. You know, now again, this is based off some information that's not completely 100% accurate. OKC's is based on four games, not five. They might be under Orlando or Dallas right now, but they're still going to be in the top three. So this is which offense shows up because they're going against two of the better defenses, and both these defenses have been phenomenal. Carolina's has gotten better each week, but as, so has that offense. And like you said about Oklahoma City there, Alan, they, they seem to be on and they're not. And it's like you know, their damn radio. They're either on or off. Uh, Bovine being out killed them. I don't think anybody's going to disagree with that statement. I 100% believe that. So in this game... It's going to be a matter of who can figure out the defenses first. Who can figure out that defense first and how to capitalize and how to beat that defense and how to take advantage of that defense. And the one thing I feel by looking at games and watching games 
is you beat uh, LKC one way. And Destro, you've played them. And I think you can agree, they just swallow the running backs up. you got to beat them over the top. And they got guys like Casper back there who just seem to find a way to get the ball and take it, take it, you know, and intercept it. And Carolina, you know, they they got Avery King. The guy's phenomenal. They got Spurgeon back there, who's one of the more underrated defensive backs in the game. So they're loaded. Fargo's. He, you don't hear his name mentioned by anybody, but he deserves to be mentioned in the discussion. At the end of the day, this is a game where I flip a coin and pick. But you got to go with the hot team, so you got to pick Carolina. So that's Wednesday's game. Now we get to the two games on Wednesday, and we got to go to the game of the night on Wednesday. I'd like to mention one thing, though. Uh-huh. <laughs> Hold on, just a second. <clears throat> Whoa, why that look? There we go. Okay. English looked really good in the last game against Sioux Falls, and that offense was really impressive for Carolina. But mm-hmm. so on the other point, I remember watching Santa Fe, uh, actually OKC's defense against uh NYC. I remember watching that game. And I seen where the Sultan got way open against the OKC offense. Uh, against the OKC defense. And that's the reason I have to go with Carolina. I just see too much Dr. Jack in this pod. <laughs> in OKC. <clears throat> Alright. Well, we're going to get to the game of the night now for Wednesday. This will be SFLN1. Cam's got the call. And we will see. And Destro, again, you can throw out your opinion or whatever, but don't make a prediction unless you feel like it because I know you normally don't care what people think. Uh, you've got Sioux Falls, who is 4-1, and one, traveling to D.C. to take on the 2-3 and three Dragons. And uh, thoughts on this one, people? I think we're going to win and we're going to win eventually. Wow. Told you he's not too shy making the prediction. They will win and win convincingly for those of you who missed that. Yeah, we're going to win this one. I'm not going to discuss how we're going to do it. We're going to play great defense. Um, We'll play great defense. I expect multiple turnovers. Um, That's that's that's, that's what I can tell you. Anybody else they can say how we're going to beat us, that's up to you. Right now, I just know that we are going to win. We're wearing all black. So, uh, yep, so we're, uh, we're, we're prepared. Actually, as I've been on the phone with you, I've been looking through this playbook all last night for three hours. I watched Sioux Falls. I watched all their games, actually. And uh, I was doing the same next minute, you know, while I'm on the phone with you. And we'll be ready. And we expect to win. And win convincingly. There you have it. Andy, what do you got? Um, I think this one's going to come down to the Sioux Falls offense and the D.C. defense. Um, and I have a little experience against Sioux Falls offense uh, last week, being the only um, team that held their offense to not winning a game. Um, in looking at the way that D.C. has their defense set up, I think there is 
a little bit of potential there for them to possibly make some stirring um, and maybe get some people out of their normal groove um, in terms of Sioux Falls because I don't think Sioux Falls is going to change their offensive game plan. Um, from my scouting, they didn't do it in the first five weeks um, very much, or first four weeks. Um, but I think it's going to be difficult for D.C. to get the guys on defense where they need to go. Um, I won't give away what that means exactly um, for Sioux Falls' benefit because I think there's still one day to turn in plays for these matchups. Um, it's not impossible, but it is going to be difficult with the way they have their defense set up. I am going to give this one to Sioux Falls. But it's going to be close. I would say maybe seven would be the difference. All right. Alan? Uh, this game, I'm going – I love Destro to death. But I'm, I'm going to have, if I was betting for money, I would have to go to Sioux Falls. But I believe if D.C. can get Deion Hawkins rolling, as Carolina did with with the uh, defense they had last week and it had Johnny English rolling, I do see D.C. couldn't pull on off an upset. D.C.'s got some terrific wide receivers also. Greg Corky and Cody Cantrell is a very decent quarterback. If they can get the offense rolling, I do see... I mean, I believe it's going to be a close game, but I've got to go with money. I would have to go with three falls, but D.C., if they can get... Hawkins rolling, I do see them also pulling off the upset. All right. Well, here's how I look at this game. Uh, I see Louisville and D.C. are the two lowest teams in the league. They're 15 and 16 when it comes to touchdown to interception ratio against. Or I'm sorry, Orlando, not Louisville. Orlando has allowed eight touchdown passes and... If so, 17 interceptions, I've I'm, I'm totally said that backwards. They're 1-2 and two is what I wanted to go with, the ratio. I don't know why I said the 15-16. They're 1-2 and two in the league with touchdowns against an interception. So Orlando's number one in the league. They have eight touchdowns against them, 17 interceptions. D.C. has had nine touchdown passes against them, but 15 interceptions. It's the two best ratios in the league, and we know Sioux Falls loves to throw the football. I think they can slow down Jennings because of that. But my question is, can they slow down Beasley and everybody's favorite term, Swing City? Can they slow that down? If they can slow that down, they have a strong chance at winning. Offensively, these two are very even. They're ranked fifth and sixth in the league, I believe, or thereabouts. Um, It's going to be the run from D.C. It's going to be the pass, I think, from Sioux Falls. But... uh, when you look at Santa Fe, uh, uh, Sioux Falls, rather, I don't know why I said Santa Fe. When you look at Sioux Falls defensively, okay, they're ranked sixth in the league, only giving up 252 yards a game. All right, but you got to see what they've done in each individual area. Against the pass, like I said, that's where they're at. And then against the rush, uh, I think Sioux Falls is fourth against the rush. So when you mentioned Deion Hawkins getting off, He's going to have his struggles to get off against this particular defense. But it's going to take me to that one statement. Do they stop the swing pass? If you limit the swing pass, you will beat Sioux Falls. That's my belief. I believe it with everything that I've got. That's the blueprint to beat this team. And you can't control what the AI is going to call. 
So you got to sit there and hope and pray that the, that it happens. Now I'm sure DC's seen that, and they're going to have something for that. And we got to hope the AI is going to call that when needed. Is the prayer going on with the dragon? So, based on who's beaten who so far this season, what the numbers show, you still got to go with the quote-unquote team, better team on paper. So you got to pick the sparrows right now. Amazing. But it's going to be one of those, we'll see. Uh, well, Ramos said he was talking about the swing pass. Yes, he was. Ramos is picking Sioux Falls as well in a close one. All right. Well, that was Wednesday's game. So we'll get to the two final games on Thursday on SFLN2. <clears throat> we have the Tallahassee Pride, who's coming in two and three. And they will travel to the Sailors, who are also two and three. It's also on that one. Oh, shit. Hey, the truth. To be honest, this is hard to call. I'm so confused over this game. And to be honest, I have to say whoever makes adjustments wins this game. And I believe coming with the two owners, I say Frank's more viable to make the adjustments because it's Madden season than NYQ. (laughs) So with that stated, the only reason picking Tallahassee is because it's Madden season and it started a couple weeks ago. So I go with Tallahassee. <laughs> <laughs> I am absolutely don't know who could win this game because both teams looked horrendous last week, and I mean I could see NYC pulling it off, but. Also, I can see beef, uh, Tallahassee because of their defense. But at the end of the day, it's going to come down to whoever makes adjustments. And I see Frank's going to make the adjustments. I trust him in more than in Ikea. So I'm going with Tallahassee because it's Madden season. I know it's Fair a crazy enough. prediction, but I've got to go with that. Fair enough. Andy Destro? I don't see how Maddie got to do it who we going to perform on the field, but, you know, it's, it's all good. But um, I don't know. I, I think Ty's going to pull this. For one, I need it to win, help us out. Number two, and then I think their defense is better. And I think the way uh, the NYC defense is set up, I think that it's going to – that favors Tallahassee. You know, they they want to run, but they're more of a passing team. But then again, I mean, when it comes to NYC, I don't know what they want to be halftime. But regardless of that, you know, I know the Tallahassee they got three, you know, silver DBs and a gold DB, and I know their their defense on point. That's why I wanted. To, that's why we wanted to pound the ball against them. I wasn't trying to throw it all against them. You know, it's a little bit here and there, but I wanted to pound the rock on them because I was not trying to throw six interceptions in the game. 
And so <laughs> I'm going with uh, Tallahassee. You know, like I said, number one, because we need him to beat uh, NYC. And number two, I just think that Tallahassee defense is going to prevail. They're going to shut down uh, Muhammad. And he probably, you know, he's going to get his catches. He'll get like five catches from around, I don't know, 50, 60 yards, but maybe a touchdown. But that's about it. All right. Um, Alan? Alan, you want to go? I already did. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, I meant, I meant, I meant, yeah, I meant Andy. <laughs> Jesus. I'll be all right. Okay. Um, I am going with uh, this game is going to be closer than I think a lot of people might think it will. Um, and, I mean, I, everyone has said it before, it's going to be close, but I think it's going to be even closer than that. Um, I would not be surprised to get some overtime out of this game. Um personally, I think it's going to come down. Um, I've played both these teams. I think it's going to come down to the run game and the run defense more specifically. Um, whichever defense makes more stops um, in the run game could really uh, win this one. Because um, I, I like uh, how Tallahassee's defense uh, matches up against New York's offense. Um and because of that, I am going to go with Tallahassee. I do right. want to mention one thing. If I'm not mistaken, wasn't Tallahassee the only team that held Darnell Black to like 150-some yards? I'd have to go dig that up. But I'm not sure. Because I believe he is, that their team is the only team that actually held Darnell Black to under the lower yards of the season. Uh, give me one second, I can tell you. All right. Because I, I have all that information here. I just got to pull it up to look at it. I know why. Okay, let's see. Yeah. San, yeah. Let's see. He had 284 against Santa Fe. Uh, he had 133 against Tallahassee. <laughs> then he had the 83 against Louisville. Oh, only 83 against Louisville? Yeah. Uh, against Queen City, uh, against Queen City, he had 235, and last week against Baltimore, he had 255. So as Louisville, so if you look at it, 133, they held him to 133, the number one running back, second lowest of the season where we passed uh, mostly. Well, so I'm going to piggyback off of this. I'm going to piggyback off what Andy said here. He thinks it might come down to the rushing defense. If you look at the standings and the stats right now, Tallahassee is 13th in the league against the rush. NYC is 12th. And a little stat that has gotten lost in the season so far is NYC had the number two rushing defense last season. They had only given up 96.2 yards last year against the rush. So Kia knows how to stop the rush. He knows how to stop it. So I, I get what you're saying, Doug, but in looking at the way that Tallahassee set up their stars, I think their defense is set up better to defend the run. Right, I get you. Uh, and to me, to me, it's coming down to the offense. Okay, it's, to me, it's coming down to the offense, and that is because these two teams are ranked 14th and 16th offensively. <laughs> Tallahassee has the worst overall offense in the league, and I don't know why because it doesn't make sense. They also have the fewest amount of offensive plays of anyone in the league. 
I mean, they've only had 230 offensive plays. 230, and you got teams like Santa Fe with 321. Wolfpack with 315. Houston has 322. This team's got 230 plays and a 4.7 yards per play average, only six offensive touchdowns. NYC has 17. Why well, that more than six? Because again, this isn't. There's not showing their, their their stats from last week, but they're still under 10 total touchdowns in in four games, which is not good. So you have two offenses that are struggling. You have two defenses that are struggling. And what Allen was saying is it's Madden season. He's implying NYK is going to put all his free time into playing Madden, being a part of Madden leagues, and just playing that game. He's not even going to put the time and effort into correcting his playbook. That's what he was thinking. And I won't tell, tell you who it was. I'm going to leave his name out of my mouth. He told me straight up last week. He said, NYC is going to get clobbered by Santa Fe. And I figured, well, yeah, that was my prediction. But he said, the reason why is because they're not going to change anything because Madden has been released. (laughs) So when Alan made that statement right here, I just kind of chuckled because that's the second time I've heard that statement. I mean, to be honest, I mean, that's what I see every time on my, I mean, channel. And, I mean, I'm not too high on both teams, to be honest, but... I believe uh, Frank is way more committed than NYC, and and I had to make a prediction, and that's what I believe is going to come down to, who makes the most adjustments, and I believe uh, Frank is more committed. And to get to my prediction, I'm going to take Tallahassee. I never did make my pick, but I'm picking Tallahassee. All mm-hmm. right. Then we'll get to the called game on SFL1 on Thursday, September the 8th, <clears throat> and you have the... Three and two Orlando Intimidators traveling to the one and four Queen City Corsairs. What do we think of this game? Um, I'll I'll go first. Um, I'm not gonna spend too much time on this one. I think outright it's gonna be Orlando uh, winning this one. Um, I think it'll be fourteen, seventeen points. Um. So, a fourteen seventeen point victory. Yeah. Wow. Okay. This is my upset special. I'm going with Queen City. That Orlando's that Orlando offense is just horrific, in my opinion. And the Western part too tall. And. I believe Orlando's defense is going to struggle, and Queen City did look good against Minneapolis for over about three quarters, and I believe Queen City's going to pick up an upset win over Orlando. And Destro's phone died, so he won't be with us to make this pick unless he chooses to do so in the chat. So I'm going to chime in with this one, and that is, as you said, Orlando's offense is horrendous. Yeah, they're 15th in the league. They might even be 16th now. Uh... Only nine touchdowns on the season. That's it. Just just nine. Uh, Queen City, um, they're 10th, 11th, I think, offensively. And defensively, uh, Orlando is either one or two in defense. Like I said, uh, Oklahoma City's stats have not been updated yet. And I don't remember exactly how many yards Dallas got. So Orlando may have the number one defense in the entire league. Or two. And Queen City's sitting ninth. 
Um, and they might be anywhere from 8 to 10 once the updates come up from Tallahassee and D.C. So you have possibly the best defense, and clearly it's been Oklahoma City, Orlando, and Dallas all season. They've been nonstop week after week, the three best defenses this league has to offer. You know, and then, then Sioux Falls, Cleveland are pretty much the next two in line. Offensively, both teams are struggling. But Queen City, nowhere near as bad, struggling with the offense. They can throw it. They can run it. And here's the stat I'll give you for Queen City that I like. 1,474 passing yards. Uh-huh. Okay. And they only have the 373 rushing yards. But when they do use the running game, it's explosive. And it's the same thing we've seen last year when everybody said, when are they going to unleash Heechul? They have him. He's the best running back in the league. He's the number two running back in the league, depending on who you talk to, because it was either him in English, out of people's mouths, one, two. They need to unleash him. They need to unleash him. Ted Haynes hasn't been unleashed yet either. But when they actually use him, you see how good that guy is. Do they yeah. unleash him in this game against <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> dang do they unleash him this week against Orlando? Okay, but here's my question. When you look at the rushing defense, Orlando's number two in the league, number one in the league. I think they're number one in the league, yeah. Orlando's number one in the league now because I believe OKC had over 70 rushing yards last week. So they're going up against the number one team in the league against the rush in Orlando. Do they do it? Or do they throw the football against the number two defense in the league in Orlando? Orlando is just so stout defensively. It's not even funny. That's why when Andy said they're going to win by 14 to 17 points, it caught me off guard because this is going to be, and I'm calling it now, the lowest scoring combined game for the week. The winner of this points, the winner of this game's points will be no more than 20, 24 area. And the loser is going to have about 13 to 17. And I am taking Queen City. Yeah. I will say this: the only way I see Orlando actually winning this game is if AJ, if they, uh, Garcia gets interception after again. <laughs> because if you remember against Baltimore, AJ Lacoste did have them six interceptions, mm-hmm. and Garcia had eight. So that could, I mean, I, I could see Orlando picking it off too. So that's oh, I expect that. Uh, I expect both teams to get interceptions. I expect both teams to get to the quarterback. I expect this to be one of those games of when you watch it, it looks as if neither team wants to win. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's not going to be because that's the case. It's just going to be that way because Orlando's defense is going to be so nasty. It's going to be as if Queen City can't do nothing. And Queen City's got to do just do it because Orlando's offense Hasn't mm-hmm. been there all season. Now, if they can right. find their offense, like I said, or I've compared Orlando to the Sioux Falls team of last season, but it's the opposite. Mm-hmm. Amazing defense, no offense. If they could find their offense, they could very well be the team to beat in this league. If they right. just found their offense, they could be the odds-on favorite to take the title. But it's just not there. Oh, and by the way, I would like to congratulate... Again, um, before we get to, to so that's going to probably do it for the prediction. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would, a little off topic here, uh, since Andy's on the line, 
I would like to congratulate Mr. James Klein's North Wilkes Vikings, picking up a an impressive on off hopping forty two to seven over East Bend Forbush last night. This team last season went 0-11, and they're now 2-1, and and can definitely make the playoffs this season. So that's well, a little since you mentioned that. North Carolina high school football. Well, since you mentioned that, I'll mention some Pennsylvania high school football. The team I'm involved with, the J.P. McKeskey Red Tornado. Uh, we had our first game of the season last night. Carolina's two weeks ahead of us. We were at home, took on the eighth team in the state, the State College uh, Lions, and for those of you unaware, State College is the high school in Penn State University's backyard. They are separated by no more than 10 minutes walking distance. Uh, hmm. We went to the half with one first down and seven yards of offense. And that's what we had. We were horrible. We ended the game with 101 total yards. That's it against the mm-hmm. eighth-ranked team in the country, well, the State and only lost 24-13. to I ain't too bad. And I sit there and say, okay, 24-13 to against the eighth-ranked team in the state when most people's predictions said we were going to lose 40-7, to 66-10. to I mean, there was crazy numbers. We were in the game all night. Had we had just a little bit of offense, we could have possibly won that game, but we didn't have none. We didn't have none to speak of, and thanks to Jason Gonzalez, who was our starting quarterback, we would have had no points because he had two rushing touchdowns. And I said quarterback, and then, yes, I followed that up with rushing touchdowns because we are running the pistol this season, and he did the little read off. Oh, he ran the before. And he ran one to the left, and he ran one to the right. He played phenomenal. He was the player of the night for our team. So, uh we we see where we're good, we see where we're not good, and we have a guy on our team, his name is Jorday, okay, Jorday Grove. This is a kid who was ineligible last season for three games because he failed with his grades. He took responsibility for his grades, stood up, went in front of his team, and apologized for his problems, his issues, because he let them down. I put uh-huh. him off to the side and told him, now you see why I tell you hit the books. He said, yes, sir, I get it. Since this has happened, his GPA has been over three, nonstop. Okay, counting, not counting what he did, added in, I'm talking just from that day forward. He's had a three average or better, and this kid is six foot five, 285 pounds, and he has a 101-inch reach. That's not an exaggeration. For those of you who follow boxing, Lennox Lewis had a reach of 84 inches. Muhammad Ali's reach was 81 inches. This kid's 20 inches longer than Muhammad Ali at 101 inches. Nonetheless, when he lined up, the kid in front of him is a D1 prospect, and Jorday ate him alive. It wasn't even it wasn't even a competition. It would have been as if any of us would have lined up and played against our girlfriends or our wives. We'd dominate them. I mean, it was insane. This kid needs to keep hitting the books, keep hitting the gym, keep doing his thing. He might be a name people start to hear, at least on this side of the country. But uh, I just had to give his name a shout in case anybody catches this show later or some other place. But he did good. 24-13 loss. Now we go play York. War of the Roses, because we're the Red Rose City. They're the White Rose City, and we have played this team every single season, except for the war years since 1938. 
and we play for the bucket, is what it's called. And they fill the bucket up with red roses or white roses, depending on which school wins. And then each one of the players and the staff get to have one of the roses to give to their wives, their girlfriend, their mother, whoever it may be. So, yeah, and we own the bucket right now because we won last year 31-12. to 12. So I want to keep the bucket in Lancaster. You need something to put car wash stuff in, right, Doug? That's why you want the bucket? Is that what it is? <laughs> the, the good old bucket. We're going to be washing cars. <laughs> is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, you need something to put the studs in, right? Uh-huh. The whole point of the game. Um, I just wanted to point out real quick, the only reason James's team is 2-1 and one is because he's stealing my defensive plays um, for his high school team. I just I wanted that to be known, um, that that's the reason they had such a turnaround. Um, well, they so words. Oh, man, you got to use Destro's words, and you're going to sue him for copyright infringement. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, uh, but, well, Maiden News, they were open this week, and we played this week, well, Friday. Well, people know them as Saint Stinkins. What? Or the Saint Stevens Indians, and I'm expecting a probably a blowout. Uh, they were also left tired, and I'm, I know this, uh, where North Wales blew up uh, four of us. I know they beat, uh, Work Central, which they struggled with Bessardale. Logical sense there. A lot weaker team than us. Uh, I believe Maiden will win it pretty big. We got some pretty bad teams coming up. We got a winless Buckley Hill team. We got a winless South Caldwell team coming up. Mm. But you ready for staff, ladies and gentlemen, and trivia? Alrighty. Alright, well, Thanks to Flutter Five, our Argentinian statisticians for the inside of the SFL, also sponsored by CAG NFL, the only online Xbox 360 football league, if you're wanting to join CAG 48. Sign up in about two months. But okay. anyways, here's our milestones. Okay, we have some teams with some losing streaks, winning streaks, and some stats. Cleveland now on a six-game losing streak. Listen to this, and this will probably amaze some people. Queen City Corsairs, four consecutive defeats. But listen to this. All of the defeats were between 10 and 13. Points. And this one is going to be our first quick trivia question, and it better be answered by Mr. Bruce. LA did something this week. Can you tell me what they did, including the Bulldogs' history what did, and whatever history? What did they do the first time in the SFL? First time for the team? Mm hmm. Touchdowns from one player? Well, no, uh, it's something about <laughs> it's something else. And you're the only one. No. Uh, I'll give you I a know, second. I know we won two games, which is more than they did last season. No, it has something to do with total the franchise. The franchise. 
have won five games before, but it's something it's something to do they've never done before. Beat Cleveland? I don't know. No, y'all beaten Cleveland before. Like, like I said, I was new to the league last season, so. Okay. Yeah, well, you can tell your players this. This was the most points scored by uh, the L.A. slash San Francisco franchise. Ever? 42. The previous high was the time between the Dallas Stars and the Cleveland Boppers at 37. The D.C. Dragons snapped a three-game losing streak. Okay, little whole pack five-game winning streak. I know nobody's really interested in that, but they've reached 1,000 points in, tw- in the 20th game. Santa Fe, five, fifth consecutive win. Longest streak in team history. All by more than 10-point margins. The Tallahassee Fraud, three-game losing streak. And the Fraud has not scored more than 20 points this season. Dallas, which that shouldn't have been in there. Dallas, I'm going to skip that one. Um, They snapped a five-game winning streak. That was last week they beat... Queen, they beat Queen, uh, they beat actually, uh, they lost to Sioux Falls last week. They actually won this week, so that one, he accidentally put in there. Houston, listen to this. In the past 20 games, listen to this. Hey, take a guess, Andy or Doug, take yeah. a guess of this. What has Houston done in the past two, uh, past 20 games? How many have they won? Oh, uh, 15. No, I, Doug. Did you say, did you say Houston? Yes. The I'm past 20 games, guess what their record is? Uh, 8 and 12. Nope. Uh, actually, no, no, it would be 10 and 10. You're close, It would be 10 and 10. Yeah, they're 10 and 10. They're counting the playoffs. They are 10 and 10. That's counting yeah. the playoff victories. The past 20 games, they have lost 10 games. The 500 of the past 10 games they've played. And what's their record right now? They're 1-4 right now. <laughs> and that's how they finished the regular season last year, 1-4. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Added up 5-10. and five, uh, ten and ten. Right. Uh, Sioux Falls snapped a four-game winning streak. This week's matchup, historically... Minneapolis and Louisville, and um, Kim did make an error saying this was the first time they had met, which was wrong. It, they actually met in the summer 15 season, where the Wolfpack swept the Maulers in their disastrous season. So the series is led by Louisville, two games to zero. The L.A. Sharks and the Baltimore Crabs. The Crabs are on a three-game winning streak and lead the series 4-1 and 9-20-14. The upset, where the Bulldogs won that game 31-21, is the only win. So the Bulldogs, a.k.a. the Sharks, have not won a game in almost two years against the Crabs. 
The, okay, Houston and Cleveland, they have never met. Sioux Falls and D.C. The Dragons actually lead the series one game to nothing. That's a surprise. OKC and Carolina. And this is actually including the Coral Wyverns Hollywood Legends game. Uh, the Skyhawks Sky actually lead the series four games to three. And a interesting matchup happened and on March 17, 2014. The Coral, uh, the previous Coral Wyverns, now the Carolina Skyhawks, won that game 37 to 17. Um. Santa Fe and Dallas, they are tied at one game apiece in the series. This Orlando or OKC Queen City game, this game is actually a very decisive game. And actually, I believe that that was the first SFL title game on September 1st, 2013. Um, The series is tied at three games apiece, so whoever wins this game is going to go ahead in the all-time series. And a couple matchups, the 9-1-13, the first SFL championship. The Knights won that game 38-17. to As you know, they are the Queen City Corsairs now. September 15, 2014, the Knights won that game. Also, 20-9 over the Intimidators. And also, a Tallahassee NYC Sailors, they have never met. So, ready for trivia. Okay, are y'all ready for trivia, Andy and Doug? Heck yeah, let's do it. I love trivia. Okay, anybody in the chat room, I am not in there, so Doug, notify me. I'm going to give y'all a couple, about 30 seconds to answer. 30 seconds. Okay, question one. This is two questions asked by Florida. Okay, and I know the answer, so I'm not eligible. Louisville is the first team of the expansion team that is not including the Crabs to reach 1,000 points, which was the fastest and slowest team to reach the 1,000-point mark. Cleveland. Is that fastest or slowest? He asked for two there, Doug. You gave him one answer. Well, this way, if I didn't say which, and he just said you're right, I sounded smart. <laughs> which two oh, teams? Okay, who, like who was the fastest to reach a thousand points, and who is the slowest? Uh, uh, hmm. Louisville. Fastest or slowest? Fastest. Dang it! Uh, fastest. Yeah. Y'all are both correct. Who is slowest? Slowest. Bulldog. Uh, <laughs> yeah. How about Andy? Do you agree with uh, Doug, or are you going out? I'm going to go New York. <laughs> Someone and Doug, gotten there yet. you are correct. The Bulldog, okay, and y'all were correct. Uh, the Wolfpack were the fastest, and the slowest were the Sharks. They needed 50 games to reach 1,000 points. Bulldogs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Second one and the last one. The Hyenas reached 10 defeats in 20 and tw- their 20th games. Which team was the fastest and slowest to reach 20 defeats? Bulldogs. 
slowest or fastest? Uh, the fast? No. Uh, Dallas, the Dallas Stars, Vipers, whatever they nah. were. I quit. Uh, even <laughs> fastest. This should be pretty easy. If you watched last season, you should know this. Uh, New York? And which New York? Which New York? What? In what New York? Queen City. Queen uh, City. NYC. Queen. NYC, or are they the fastest or slowest? Uh, fastest. And while say you're correct, um, they Ooh, needed 13, only 13 games, which they had a disaster season last season. Okay, who was the slowest? Uh, hmm. Oh, gosh, that's tough. <laughs> and this one you'll probably find pretty surprising. Cleveland. Nope. Oh. You want any guess, Doug? Repeat the question. Make sure I heard it right. Who was the slowest team? Okay, the fastest was the NYC Sailors to reach 10 defeats. Who was the slowest? Yes. Well, there's a team in the league that don't even have 10 losses yet, and that's Louisville. Uh, but this team actually has 10 losses. Is that correct? Yes. And, uh, who, and how many games uh, 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 who was the slowest team to reach 10 losses of the team? Smaller. There's actually three that, uh, and you actually named one that don't have the losses. But who was the slowest? Mullers. No. I quit. The Orlando Intimidators. They needed 28 games to reach 10 losses. Okay. And here's a extra credit since you actually got one of these correct. Extra credit. Okay. Name the other two teams besides the Louisville Wolfpack that have not reached ten losses yet. This is pretty simple also. And this is currently, okay? Santa Fe Gorillas. Wrong. Darn. I'm just guessing. Sioux, uh, Sioux Falls? Yes, yeah, Sioux Falls definitely is on that list. Yeah, de- Sioux Falls is on that list. And Louisville is the last one. Um, uh, can't be D.C., can it? No. This one's pretty easy. Like I said, if you watched uh, the SFL last year, you, you added up. Oh, Louisville, Louisville. Louisville is already on the Oh, they're already on the list. Damn it. I'm still right. Louisville. That still counts. There's Louisville. only one expansion team water. Sioux Falls. No. Tallahassee. No. Uh, well, you, it can't be D.C. It can't be everywhere. It can't be Houston. We already said that. It can't be it. You're getting harder. You said it had to be an expansion team. Yes. An expansion team. You named them all. No, you have it. Sailors was one that was the other side. So who did we miss? No. It's not Carolina. That, that's not it. No, there was an expansion team last year, South Sioux Falls. And NYC. Yeah, and we named them all. No, you haven't. You want to know who? Who? You're going to be pissed off at yourself. Okay. And this 
well, they had a bad season last season, but they've not reached 10 losses yet. And that would be the Dallas Roughnecks, a.k.a. the Law, and only their second season in existence. <laughs> and that would be what the stats. I kept on saying, I'm not, I said expansion team, and y'all, and y'all went everywhere, and when I said, when you said Houston, I was like, you're getting hotter. I love Dallas. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, Lordy. 12.30 Eastern, and y'all are, like, cracking up. Hey, I, w- I have three correct answers there. Don't you, don't tell me I'm cracking up. I have three correct answers. Yeah, but you, y'all, forgot, <laughs> y'all forgot Dallas was an expansion team last year. Who can forget the biggest bust in the SSL, Mick Hardcastle? Actually, I was surprised somebody didn't pick him up this year. They had that Kenny Stabler face. Already. Hey, why did you not go after him? Does it like an Raiders fan? No, shut up. Nick <laughs> <laughs> Cardcastle. Why don't ants wear gloves? Yeah, uh, okay, this is probably the most craziest thing I heard this year in the SFL. They were going to call it a wrap for tonight. I think three and a half hours was good enough. No, Alan, you didn't answer my question. What's that? What taste? Better than it smells. Myself. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> what do you stink? <laughs> I'm just my, my question is, how does he know what he tastes like? Ew. <laughs> I don't. Um. I, that's not what you said. <laughs> I was just throwing in a joke. Uh, what taste that? I, I don't know smoke. if it was what? a joke. I don't know if it was a joke. I'm picking on you guys. But we're already at the three and a half hour mark. Come on, answer the question. <laughs> he did. What tastes, honestly. What tastes better than it smells? It's real simple. It's real easy when you think about it. You're going to hate yourself for this one. Fish? Is it fish? <laughs> no. Oh, I, I give up. <laughs> no. Do you give up? Yeah, I give up. Andy, you give up? Yeah, sure. Your tongue. Oh, Doug, how do you know what my tongue tastes like? Uh, we're not getting into our risque meetings on the in the air here. Uh. I, I have had no part in these meetings. <laughs> he said I had no part. It's really I'm going to go, I'm gonna go <laughs> on air and say right now, Doug Bosch is the Bill Cosby. You've got to get a riddle right, man. Paul's height. Now I'm talking about Paul. Paul's height is six foot tall. He's an assistant at the butcher shop where he also wears a nine-size shoe. What does he weigh? Uh, meat. Ding! Oh, um, put your meat away. Um. <laughs> Did you drug me again? Is that why it's out, Doug? What ends everything, always? Uh, death. <laughs> no. Well, it's I true. Hold on, I'm not wrong there. What ends everything, 
always. I mean, a, per- a period. No. <laughs> I, mean. G. I mean, I mean, the letter G ends everything every time. So. <laughs> okay. What's the pirate's favorite letter? Say that R. again. Said <laughs> the letter R. Yeah. No, it's the C we love. <laughs> what you the get hell? it? The letter C? Oh my god. All oh, hell's broken loose when it's by the SFL. You feel like a uh, you feel like a commercial now because he gets R and the girl says no it's the lot to see we love get it the lot to see oh I see but get into SFL news okay uh-huh. it's C O C O O R N O R D Concord why does Cam keep on pronouncing his name Concord it's Concord. I say Concord. Concord. Jonathan Concord. Oh, no, that's like asking me why is the tennis game so loud. It does. You know that. Tennis games are very loud because both players always raise a racket. Uh, I thought it was was a kiss on the moment. Is this the dad joke portion of uh, the SFL... Inside the SFL, I'm down. Uh, I just want to make sure that I'm in the right I section. I wish I wish Before Shan I... was on here because I could ask Shan, "What do you do if your sheep studies karate? If your sheep is studying karate, what do you get?" Oh, by the way, uh, by the way, Andy. Ah, you don't yeah. know the answer. If, if your sheep study, studying karate, you need some better wool power to. You know, no. your sheep. Okay, the, inside the, SFL logo, the inside the SFL logo, who are the two people that are, the two gentlemen that are in the logo? Who's, who's that supposed to be? In the logo? Yes. <laughs> is this a question uh, I'm supposed to answer? Yeah. Uh, who is let's see here. We got a bus hat. Is this, is this like a a weird? I I, I keep thinking this is a pun because that's all we've been doing for the past like twenty eight minutes. No, it's it's very simple. Who it is? Is it you and Doug? <laughs> yeah. Where did that come from? <laughs> it looks like it's from the Xbox. Yeah, that's our Xbox uh, avatars. We oh, we're smiling. It would look better. Okay. Than, it would. It would look better than two monstrous face. Oh, wow. But I want an answer to my question. What do you what? get if uh, your sheep studies karate? It's really uh, easy. Uh, no. If your sheep studies karate, you get one simple thing. It's a lamb chop. Oh, I should have remembered that one. All right, here you go. I want to give you a football. Brain teaser, if you will. I'm going to make a sentence, statement, a line. You tell me which football team I'm talking about. These are going to be real simple, and some of them you're going to be like, huh? 
So I'm going to start with this. 747. So who am I talking about? The Jets. Right. How about uh-huh. how about marine mammals? Dolphins. How about the blackbirds? The uh, ravens. ravens. How about the young male? <laughs> you were right on the ravens one. How about the young male horse? The colt. See, these are pretty simple, right? Sure. How about how about army insects? The giants. Mm-hmm. See how that worked? That was pretty easy. Uh-huh. Um, how about six Roman rulers? Uh, six Roman rulers. <laughs> Wait, what did you say? Six Roman rulers. Six Roman rulers. Would that be the 49ers? No. I will tell you, unless Andy has a guess. Uh. Uh. Oh, the uh, same. No. Not <laughs> <laughs> the same. Uh. Uh. The. Uh, yeah, that's not a good guess. Yeah, uh, no, I got nothing. Six Roman rulers is like the six kings, the Vikings. See. Ah, damn Simple. it. Oh, how about nice. how about seven squared? The forty niners. Wow, that's pretty good. How about dollar for corn? Dollar no. for corn. Dollar for corn. A, a good deal. <laughs> he said a good deal. Dollar for corn. Uh, the corn huskers. That's not an NFL team. Are we? Is this no. only NFL teams? This is only NFL teams. <laughs> the Packers? No. Those would be the uh, suitcase stuffers. A <laughs> uh, dollar for corn. Dollar uh, for corn. <laughs> Shall I give you the answer? Yeah, I'm I'm a stump. A dollar for a corn can also be said as buccaneer. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Cha-ching! Buccaneer. That's just lame. (laughs) But I can help myself. Buccaneer. What do they what call the uh, one of Ben Franklin's prostitutes? Ooh, lightning quick. No. Oh, oh the, well, there's two teams that they, this could go for, I guess, then. Benjamin Franklin's prostitute. Is that what you said? Yeah. See, I immediately went with the kite and the lightning. Uh, there's hmm. There's two teams that I will accept an answer for. I made it up on the spot. I've never heard this before. So I'll accept two answers. Hmm. Apparently he's over there thinking. I have no clue. I'm trying to think what this could be. You got me curious. <laughs> what is the name Take of the time. Franklin's prostitute? What the hell? Bill. Prostitute. <laughs> No. 
You want I the have answers? No idea. Yeah, I do. All right. The first one, the less funny one, would be the Chargers. Oh, my Christ. And then the second one would be the Bengals. You know. Hmm. Yeah. Or in my case, used to be females. The Bengal. Yeah. Oh, Lordy. Are we getting ready for the wrap-up and put this on three-way or what? I know, you tell me. You said we were going until 2 a.m. You need to come up with something for the next hour and a half. <laughs> call in or something. Yeah. People are afraid to call in. They're always afraid to call in. They don't get many things. Yeah, one at twelve thirty. I got. I can always get the hoop. Here's one thing I'll say about the SFL to get it back on track. Do you anybody does anybody how high should word this realize what next week is? Well, I shouldn't say next week. Yeah, next week as in starting tomorrow. What it is? It's the last is. without NFL football. No. No, I'm talking this is SFL. This is SFL-related stuff only that starts tomorrow. What is tomorrow when the league has its week? Is, oh, is it the first regular season game in September? No. It is. It could be, but that's not my answer I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And they're not because uh, Dallas OKC, D.C. Dragons, Tallahassee was on Thursday, September the 1st. But oh. no. Tomorrow, I'll tell you, tomorrow starts week six, which means that's half the season. Oh, wow. And I'm going to mention this now here on Inside the SFL. Next week, I work Saturday, so we're going to be doing the early broadcast next week. And then we'll try and come back and do one on Sunday afternoon. Okay. And then uh, that, that Sunday night next week, uh, as of right now, D.C. and Cleveland are supposed to be the televised game. I don't know if that's going to get changed to Baltimore, Carolina. If they both win this week, they may. Santa Fe OKC is also that night, which is Sunday, September the 11th. So Saturday, September 10th. But that night, and Alan, get ready because you got to take part in this. Yeah. We're going to have half the season down. So we're going to have to do our mid-season awards, if you will. We'll name who we think is the best offensive player per position. I'm talking Uh quarterback. I'm talking running back. I'm talking wide receiver. I'm talking tight end. I'm not doing fullbacks. I'm not doing linemen. I'm not doing kickers and punters. On defense, defense, there's a few defensive ends in the league. We can debate if we want to do D-linemen. Uh, we'll do linebackers, we'll do corners and safeties, the whole nine. We might just call it defensive back to make it a bigger field. But uh, I then want to do the predictions, mid-season predictions. And that be, we now have a good idea of where, what direction these teams are going to be going in, because half the season is going to be down. We'll have a very good idea of who is the teams to beat, not to beat, who could be the team on the rise, who's the team on the slide. Uh, all kinds of options we can discuss. It'd be great to have people call in next week, and if you can't submit, you know, some information to us, we'll have the power rankings again. Uh, I want to have next week full of all kinds of information. And the problem with it, me having to work tomorrow, or next Saturday night, 
I work 11 to 7.30 in the morning. That's great. Um, I don't know how long Sunday's show is going to have to go, but I want to get into a lot of this. Um, there's a strong possibility I want to start getting nuts and doing a lot of afternoon shows. Problem is, Mr. Drum likes to sleep till 4 or 5 o'clock in the evening. Uh, <laughs> so that kind of limits the option of doing such. Because I've sat here during the day sometimes when I wake up, because I'll get home 8 o'clock in the morning, I'll take a shower, grab something small to eat, well, and I'll go to bed. get up a little early. Uh, and then I'm up. me up. And I'm up by two, no later than three, and it's like, I got nothing to do. My kids are in school. I'm bored till four. I can do an inside the SFL. You know, talk about stuff, discuss things, you know. But, I mean, we're almost at the halfway point. Once this week completes, that's where we are. We had that long off season, apparently the longest one in SFL history, and now half the season's already gone. You know, yeah, come this week. <laughs> yeah, and also I would like to uh, give an opportunity of uh, potential owners or new coaches uh, that are submitting in the pot. I know. Uh, I just want to let everybody know that I have decided to submit my name into the pot. Uh, it, it's going to be Tampa Bay Bandits of the revived Tampa Bay Bandits. Uh, I had this dream for two years now, and I was kind of got held back, and I believe four seasons is enough to put my name in the pot. Uh, I'm just doing it to just sit. If I don't, I've kind of got an all-season plan what I'm going to be doing, just to just test the waters a little bit. Uh, but I would like we to gotta say like this. people. we got to say this for those who missed it. For those who missed it, it wasn't 100% stated, but we got the feeling, you and I, Alan, uh, based on a statement that Cam himself made on the air here on Inside the SFL, he had made something along the lines, and I had to check back in the archives to see how far back it was, but it was within the last three or four shows that we've done. Yeah, and today, what he, uh, yesterday where he put it out also about the smitting of the names. He came on here and he stated that he's pretty confident a team will become available, at least a team will be available next season, because an owner of a team right now, there's a strong possibility he will be surrendering ownership to take a deeper role in the SFL front office, if you will. That would mean mm-hmm. that, you know, to me, that means he's going to become, you know, like uh, another commissioner or, or a media guy. I don't know what it could be. I mean, the options obviously are endless, but he's going to have a bigger role as far as helping the growth of the league as a whole as opposed to a franchise. So I'd say it's 90% chance, in my opinion, that we'll have at least one team up for bid at the end of the season. So if you want my vote, you need to start kissing my ass, whoever you are. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) No, in all honesty, if that happens, to all you guys out there who may put your name in, I knew what it was like when I did this last year when Ed and I put our name in. I mean, it it is a very fun yet oh my god this sucks types of experience because you know just the weight the the pure excitement and the you know getting the team the fear of not getting the team i mean it was so stressful it wasn't even funny but i wouldn't trade it because it was a great experience uh, i'm off on a stress like i know, said if i do not i mean i know my chances are very slim and 
I know for a fact what my future is about health. I'm, I'm about 95% of what I made my decision on. And, I mean, that is under my wrap. Nobody knows what my decision is. And I will say I am a Houston Ionet to the end of the season. But next season, I will test the market again. Uh, Andy, I know you've been working with uh, uh, Carolina. You're the coordinator over there doing the defense. Have you had thoughts of putting your name in when a team becomes available to try and become an owner yourself? And I think he's gone. All righty. We must have lost him, and I didn't know it. Honestly. <laughs> yes, he did. He said yes, he did. Okay, we lost him on the call, but all right. But I just want to touch on that a little bit. Uh, There have been two names right now that have been submitted. The San Antonio Vacaros or whatever, Greg Corky, and also the Tampa Bay Bandits. But, uh, like I said, I am going to put my name in. I I am going to submit my resume. I believe my resume is very strong. I have been in the league four out of five years straight, five seasons straight. Um, me, uh, like I said, I to give everybody a fair opportunity, I would like to, if Cam does in 30 days mention that a team is going to be available 100%, like stated today, I would love to give an opportunity to the digital owners and even coaches, if you're looking at any coaching, because I believe coaching, the coaching carousel is going to change dramatically. To give them an opportunity to submit their resume live in the inside of the SFL, I believe this show is a very honest show. And as as a potential owner myself, I believe I would I would love the opportunity to give them their case why they deserve a case. And I believe that would be fair to me. And anybody is submitting their. Would you agree, Mr. Bus? Yeah, I mean, the options here are going to be completely endless with uh, people who may submit their names. I mean, I look around the league, and there's a lot of solid uh, members of this league that aren't owners that are currently involved staff-wise. Um, and I can't thank uh, Mike Orvine enough for helping me out. And this could be me. A- this could be a very strong... Yeah, strong well, pool. The but, uh, but to finish what I was saying there before you, before you jump on there, I want to, you know, like I said, I couldn't thank Mike Orvine enough for giving me that four-game opportunity with OKC because I don't think without it I probably wouldn't have qualified to even have the opportunity to put my name in to get an ownership job or whatnot. And like you said with your resume, yours is very deep with, you know, working with many teams over the past. Uh, and I know where mm-hmm. you were going with that. This this pool of members who may put their names in to attempt to become an owner of this team, if this happens, is going to be ridiculous. Because I can think of ten people, maybe without even thinking, that could you know deserve to have an ownership team. And if there's just one team available, I can't even imagine. Because I've been on the process of voting in a, an owner. I've been a part of that. I've been voted in. It'll be my first time to take part in something like that. I don't know the process. I don't know the steps. 
but it, I know I know it can't be. But uh, a crazy hectic time because you got 15 owners who would be voting in one. How many different people are going to assume it should be this guy or that guy or this guy? And the narrowing down process, it, it should be a fun time for all owners that are currently involved. Whoever's going to get that team, if this uh-huh. happens, and for all the people who submit their names. And it looks like Andy's called back in. So let's let's get him in there. Yeah, exactly. I'm, uh, I'm going to explain why this process is going to be a little harder than last time. So mm-hmm. I've actually went through a few of these. And, I mean, you've got your name. Uh, last time you had your big-name people that submitted a lot to the league. Mm-hmm. You did. You and Ed did the Inside the SFL last year, the podcast. You had videos you had your own website. Everything, I mean, no offense to anybody, but y'all had the biggest case last season. That, and you had TJ before with CAG and everything, and submitting the new player, player models after users. And also, if you look at the others, I mean, they had very strong cases before. You're looking at probably the closest race there could ever be to an ownership. A Can you imagine if there's just high. one team? One team available, how tight of a race it could be. Uh, and I'm going to make this statement right here on the air because I think uh-huh. this helped me in Ed's case last season. So I want to mention this in case anybody hears this back. Alan, I know you said you wanted to put your name in. Uh, Andy said he wanted to put his name in. And there's a couple other people who I know are going to listen to this show who haven't or who are and just haven't said nothing. Uh I, I say this, to improve your chances of being selected, form a merger, if you will. Like, for example, I have you two here on the call, Andy, Alan. You guys kind of come together like me and Ed did, co-own together, work uh-huh. together. I think it makes a stronger case when you got more people involved with one organization to, you know, to get that team. Maybe I'm nuts. I don't know what the thinking and the thought process was last year with the 15 owners who voted us in. I don't know if that helped our case with them. I would assume that it did. You know, I mean, it would make sense. You know, and I think, you know, you two putting a case together, I mean, that that's going to be hard not to, to accept. Also, and I do want to state this clearly, I do not want of any degree this show affecting people's opinion of my ownership. I do not want anything to do with it. I want to my I want my authorship of what of my coaching of how many years I've been in the league and my free time of what I've done with the league. This this what I'm doing right here is on a friendship level, what I what I have with my good friend Doug Bugs. And that's only the way I want it to be. I do it because of him, because he needed me, not because of the SFL. He needed me, and I do not want anything this to affect any owner's opinion. Well, and I believe that would be fair. And I thank you for helping me out. And uh, since Andy's called back in, I want to get his take on on this and where he what he thinks and how he feels about a potential ownership for himself. Um, I it's. <laughs> something I don't think a lot of people know. Um, I, last year was my first year in the league um, as a defensive coordinator for Carolina. Um, 
I never, I don't have a player in the league. I never have had a player in the league. Um, my sole focus came in um, via the Twitter page of our league. Um, when I saw there was an opening for an ownership spot, um, I've thrown my name in the hat once. Um, obviously, for obvious reasons, um, Cam did not give me the team um, Carolina. He instead uh connected me with James, and I became um, the defensive coordinator, um, and I've stepped into that role, I think, decently. Um, And I think it's something where now that we have such a great new pool of new users who are ready to get active and they want to get into ownership, Doug was just talking about it, how many people are going to be throwing their name in for this spot that's open. We need to get experience behind these guys Um, That way, at some point, if the league ever looks into having more teams or if more owners go down, the people who are applying will be able to say, I've done this, this, and this. And I think that's something that I want to bring into if I do get a team for myself. I want to bring in some young guys and kind of show them at least how I do my scouting, how I do my game planning, um, and how much work goes into this um, just so that they can get some experience under their belt so that someday they can own their own team, you know? Exactly. Um, and, and I think that's important to talk about now because a lot of these guys were um, they're in one of the threads where, where it was being talked about on Slack. Um, a lot of the guys looking to put their name in are younger guys in the league newer guys, um, and so I think it's important for them to get some experience um, in coordinating at one of the spots or helping a team um, with player personnel, um, being an effective force in the locker room um, for conversation, uh, picking guys up when they have rough times. I mean, Shan, um, in terms of him, if his offense has a bad game, I'm on the phone within an hour with him trying to pick him up and tell him what we're going to do next week, how uh, we can look at the next team and how we can prepare and how we can fix what happened that night. Um, And I think that's important because it helps um, all these new guys and you need to show them that it's more than just throwing these plays in a game. Um, The league has progressed to such a point where there's so many people and it's so much more. Um, I think you also have to look at what happened in Cleveland last week um, with kind of the blow-up they had on Slack. Um, and I think it's something where you need to get these new guys involved more right off the bat. Um, and it's something that we can work on, and it's something that I would like to work on in any team that I co- coordinate for, coach for, or run in the future. Um that being said, I do love my spot in Carolina. Um, I'm hoping and still putting everything into this year. I'm hoping that we can uh, squeak into a playoff spot, and then once we get there, we can do some damage. Um, and then once once they announce uh, if they have a spot open for ownership, I think I'll go from there. Um, but I definitely think a lot of these guys who have been waiting longer um, possibly deserve it, um, and I wouldn't want to take anything away from some of them. Exactly, and I, to be honest with you, uh, that's why I've never submitted my name, and, and it's all, a lot of people have asked me why I've never submitted my name, and I told them, I'm like, hey, I've never been a coordinator. 
this opportunity I had with Houston, that is the only reason. I mean, to tell you the truth, I do miss Peter. I do miss the Mollers. But I knew he I'll would have the game. He would have needed my help. Well, in his logical opinion. He he didn't like the running game, like mostly like I do. And I, I respected that. So I went to Houston. And also, I mean, any owner that does not have a backdoor plan, make sure you have one in place in case you do not get an ownership. Your chances of getting an ownership, your chances of getting an ownership are slimmer than your backdoor plan. Make sure you have a full backdoor plan. Sure. I can say, I can say, I can be honest with you. To be honest, I have made a ninety percent, ninety-five percent chance of where I'm going next season, unless I get an ownership. Uh, nobody knows my choice. I've been a prick a little bit. I mean, I've thought about it a lot. I mean, I can't say I'm staying in Houston next season, but I will say it at the end of the season. I will be a high end until the end of the season. I mean, after that, I mean, i got to look at I mean, it's my choice of where I'm going to be. I mean, when my contract is up, I was signed for a one-season deal. And I believe when you have a player in the week mm-hmm. that if your contract is up, that you are free to go ever you want to. Right. And I believe that if my contract was two years, I would stay in Houston. But mm-hmm. I mean I'm gonna give I'm gonna give chance a demand to re sign my player. But if I feel like I that I believe I'm needed elsewhere, then I'm going to be be elsewhere. But for the end of the season, I'm under contract, and I will not join in another team until my contract ends for the season. Right. What were you trying to say there? I think you're committed to your team. Um, for me, yeah, I think um, personally being a coordinator helps. Um, I think it's important for coaches and um, owners now uh, get get guys involved, get those young guys involved in terms of even if it's just scouting or telling them what kind of plays you're putting in the book right now, um, because getting getting them involved early is going to get them more inspired to coach on their own and look at owning a team in the future. Um, mm-hmm. and that, that's, in theory, what we want. And the thing about ownership, I think, um, from my standpoint, is it's not about me. It's not about whoever gets that spot. It's not about personal gain. It's about the league and what's going to be best for the league as a whole. Um, and so the guy that they're going to bring in, whoever it is, um, you you want them to be a team player. You want them to look at the, the users that are coming in and you want them to help fuel that process. Um, and so I think it's important to get them on the coaching track early, get them involved early, um, and keep them involved throughout the year. Um, and so I think that's something that, at least for me, um, I'm going to make a point of emphasis, and I think it would be smart for other people to do it as well. Get the young guys involved, and you can do that now. For those of you who are maybe listening or will listen in the future and are thinking about putting your name in, get those people in your locker room involved. Because um, yeah. 
people are watching. People are watching. And these are the people, your head coach now is who's going to vote whether you would be a good owner or not. Um, I assume they'll have a conversation with Cam at some point about whether you've been do- what you've been doing in the locker room to help, what you've done for the team to help. Um, and you, you just want good things to report up the ladder, and you want the league to be the best that it can be. So mm-hmm. starting that now is important. Yes. And I'm also, and Doug, I'm a, I know you're an owner yourself, and I know you're going to have a talk into this. Tell your owners this thing, too. Do not vote for favoritism. You cannot do that. I don't know if they've done that in the past. I've never been an owner myself. But look at the resumes closely. I mean, just because somebody's a big name right now, look behind the scenes what they've done as a body work. Don't look at the names. Like, just for instance, me. Like, Oh, he's been in the league since summer 14. Oh, we're going to give it to him. Don't do that. They're, these guys like Andy, look what they've done. I mean, everybody's deserving equally. I mean, I question maybe the guy just came in on the scene and never been an owner and just threw my name in the pot. And, you know, I accept that. I mean, but they need to really look at the body of work each person has done. And committed to the SFL. Sure. I mean, I don't want the big names to. I mean, I wish. I mean, I'm hoping some owners listen to this broadcast tonight. I want people to not look at the name and look at the body of work. Sure. Because um, for a fact. I think it'll come down to what the plan is to get younger guys involved. Um, I mean, we had a huge influx at the end of last year with them. And the thing is, it's only going to get bigger. It's only going to continue to grow. Um, there there will be small periods of decline, but overall this thing is just going to grow from year to year. And so whoever can master the art of keep getting guys involved quickly and keeping them involved for long periods of time Mm-hmm. Um, they they will be the one that the league will look to to help. Because, again, I just want to harp on it. It's about the league. It's not about personal. So I, I, I see a lot of people saying, I I want to apply for the ownership spot because I, I think I deserve it. I would like to do it. I this, I that. But it's, it's less about that, and it's more about the, I would be good in this spot for the league because – this is my plan to help the younger guys get involved. This is my plan to make the league more competitive. This is my plan to help viewership. This is my plan to better the sales in the shop. This is my idea to help the league. Start with that, and then if ownership is part of that, that's that's great, and maybe you will get the call. But if it's not, don't take that to heart, and don't think um, – And I've I'm, noticed I'm, people, I've noticed people that – former people that have applied for ownership just disappear. Do not do that. Do it like right. Like last year, uh, the runner-up in the L.A. Sharks, well, the L.A. Sharks sloop stakes. Uh, on F and problem. He's the defense coordinator still. I mean, do people like that. Do not like you. You got denied one time. I mean, sure. keep on digging. 
and digging and digging. Don't walk away. You're like, right. I didn't get a team. I'm walking away. Don't do that. Sure. I mean, for me personally, at least in this bid, I don't, I, I, I'm not going to say I don't want the team. I do. I would rather see it go to whoever is most capable in helping the league move forward. So if that's not me, then I, would, I will be the first one to congratulate whoever does get the team. And I will move forward with my team or move to a team that needs me, whatever needs to be done to help the league and help these new guys get involved and get to where they want to be. And I will be honest, I, I mean, I just wish, I mean, I, I mean I'm not going to question anything or has or have, but every owner needs to look and not look at the name. Like they, I mean, in my opinion, they have done that in the past. They own some people. I'm not saying everybody, because I know some of the people, I don't know who they were. But some people, they just gave a team because they were a big name. And I wish they wouldn't do that. I mean, I remember the Ryan Moody situation, a big-name YouTuber. He didn't do nothing for the league, and he was denied ownership, and he never submitted things. But if you look at a name like IMF and Problem, or you, I mean, the people that never left, those are the people that deserve a team. Just because Ron Moody's a big celebrity, that he never did anything for the league except broadcast a few games, put his name in a pot, and bam. And I agree. And I, and I agree. They need to do the body of work, and they need to look at it closely. If there is one team, which in my sure. heart, there's going to be more than one team available. Another thing, um, in terms of if people are looking to build their resume towards ownership at some point, whether it's you're putting your name in your hat this time or you're saying next time I want to be ready for it, or if you even get denied this time, uh, my strongest suggestion would be get a hold of Cam in whatever way you can and just literally tell him you will, will want to help. And he will find – I guarantee there will be something out there, if not directly on your team. Um, ask your team first. So look for your head coach. Um, ask him what you can do to help. And then from there, if he has even something... Even the high-end organization, which we're well-stocked on coaching staff, there's even, sure. like, generic players. I mean, if there's a generic player that... I mean, they've been trying to find somebody that helps us increase the game volumes, which um, I try to do it with one person. It's kind of not working out. But we're real... I mean, we're tr- really trying to increase the numbers and ratings in the television program, which the Roy the Crabs did. And I did with many analysts as a media coordinator. I mean, if we found somebody like that, that would be absolutely perfect. Right. So just look where you can help, and worst comes to worst, ask Cam. There's stuff on a league level that he would love help on, and the, the man needs it. I mean, he puts so many hours into this and doesn't nearly get out what I think he should deserve for it. Um, and so if someone can take some of that pressure off him, um, it would be great for one of these new guys to step into that role, whether they expected to be in it or not. Um, and that, mm-hmm. that will reflect on your resume, because people don't forget that kind of stuff, especially in a league that runs so quickly. I mean, two seasons a year, 
they they won't forget that you're helping out or even making the offer and attempt to help out. Yeah, or, I mean, you can look at people like this, like the Heath Slater of this, at the, the one-man band, baby. Doug <laughs> of the L.A. Sharks. I can guarantee he'll, by next season, wanting a little more help because of his family sure. and his job and everything. Hey, Doug, you what? You're the one man, man, baby of the SFL. Unfortunately, <laughs> how uh, many how many assistants you got? Me? Yeah. Zero. <laughs> I know. And look how now, my, I have. Now I have guys on my team like Cody Ewing, uh, Lyric Da Vinci, Macho Fog, uh, Bobby Trefez, all contributed thoughts, opinions, and what have you in the channel. So I'm not 100% alone, but as far as technical, legal, if you will, and, yeah, and I know not. going forward, <laughs> And I know going forward, if you see a trustworthy name that, you know, that you kind of see fitting, that you're going you're gonna to have to eventually probably with your, you know, with your job and everything and your wife and kids, I mean, you're going to probably look for some help probably next season, as you're saying. I, oh, yeah, I have, I have no doubts. In, in because I staff. believe you're going to be a one-man band baby for 10 years. <laughs> I need staff now. I really do, but uh, I, I'm i kind of wanting to hire somebody. I'm kind of not, because as I've stated before, I myself am still running the playbooks. And as I learn these playbooks, I feel it's helping me understand the game as a whole better. I when I actually hire somebody, I can actually have a worthwhile conversation with them as we game plan. Right. And as I see it, uh, the, that you're on and getting a season under your belt and see where you need help at. Both sides of the ball. Because I don't see you running the show by yourself for TC. <laughs> Your place way too high with high school football, job, kids, a daughter that screams Queen City every time. If you scream it one time and saying it's on, she wants to stay up and not go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I can guarantee you, just a little bit of that plate off your eye will get your wife happy. And you've witnessed her go crazy for Queen City when we spoke on the phone. <laughs> Yeah, if you if she if she hears the name Queen City come out of your mouth, she thinks the queen. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was no that was no BS when I said to everybody that she loves them as she calls them the Green Queens. You can right, verify that. <laughs> oh. See what's going on in this chat room. Uh, people are in, people are out. Even right now we still have AJ, Jason, and Mac Wavy are all still with us. That's it. It's just the six of us. I guess it's time. I mean, unless y'all have anything to say, I believe it's almost time to call it a night. Is it? Yeah, we've been on the hours for four hours, so I reached it pretty good. I thought you were going for the record. What's the record? Oh, the record. I want to give you the exact record to the T. I want to give you the exact amount of time. I know it on top of my head. I just want to give you it to the to the to the dollar here. Uh, I think the record is just been set. 
Uh, episode 10 was 3 hours, 50 minutes, and 56 seconds. Episode yeah. 12 was 3 hours and 43 minutes. The longest show we've had recently was episode 27, which was on August the 20th. I believe that was the night before the season started. No, actually, it was the night before I started working. That's what that day was. Uh, it was three hours and six minutes. This is your third or fourth episode, correct? Right. So you were on the air for two hours, 27 minutes, one hour, 29 minutes, and three hours and six minutes. And now tonight, we have now hit the four-hour mark, I guess. So we set the record, so what does that mean? Let's call it a what? Uh, that's, that gives us all new reason to keep talking and keep partying here. Let's see if we can turn this into a 12-hour show. What do you say? <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, we're going to talk about baseball. We already did that. Remember Tebow and the Braves? Yeah. What else? Uh, Are we talking about uh, Premier League soccer, huh? We want to whip that out. We'll talk about uh, the Premier yeah. League. What's... <laughs> You know what's the great part about it? Over 90% of the episode was talking, talking about the SFL in general. And then the other 10% was bad jokes. Bad <laughs> jokes and mostly the NFL talk, which, you know, I mean, this show really hit SFL really good, I believe. I mean, we talked about ownership, predictions, polls. Which I'm still trying to figure out why somebody wants suspenders. <laughs> <laughs> oh, or any. Uh, uh, would you buy Carolina Skyhawks suspenders? Scott, I'll no. I don't, think, I don't think I would wear Skyhawk suspenders. <laughs> That's too many S's in one sentence for me. Forgive me, but I am not 60 years old. I think Doug's like the closest. Say that again. You're the closest of all three of us that are closest to 60 years old. Jeez, I'm not that damn close. <laughs> I am 39, yes. <laughs> I ain't that damn close. Uh, no, I all right, Grandpa, this. calm down. But when you're oh, 20, and, you're, sure. and when you're in your uh, lower 20s... Just, just say, back in my day once and you'll be there. Mm. Well, I got a 21-year-old. He wears suspenders all the time. That's my neighbor. That's ridiculous. But I want to mention this now here while we're on the air because I don't think I mentioned this. You're in your 20s, because early 20s, because I know you're in college. I'm 21. That's, That's what I'm doing. Jesus Christ, I could be your father. Uh, oh. <laughs> I, I want to say this, like I said, wanted to mention this when we got on the air, and I totally forgot. Uh, this episode tonight is actually the 30th episode of Inside the SFL. And guess what? We've set a record on the anniversary. <laughs> Do you know the date of the very first Inside the SFL? No, because I didn't even know what site to get on. The very first ever Inside the SFL was on February the 3rd of this year. Oh, that's one day before my birthday. I'm a Pisces. I'm the 24th. I'll be 29 February 24th. Your birthday is February the 4th? Yes, sir. And mine's 20 days later on the 24th. So is my daughter. 
Dang, we're all fabulous. My daughter's birthday is February the 4th. That's my oldest No, it's of my, my birthday. The oldest of my four daughters. <laughs> yeah. I had it first. So she's prettier. <laughs> hey, you wouldn't <laughs> know that. But uh, just just so guys are aware, uh, February the 3rd in 2017 is on a Friday. High school football will be long over, and I was thinking about if I don't work that evening of doing an episode that very night at the old school 10 p.m. time slot, just for old time's sake, uh, just just doing it for the fun of it, you know, and throwing one out there on the one-year anniversary. Um, but I'm going to see. I'm up there's basketball. I don't care about that. This is SFL. I worry about football. The rest of that stuff, who gives a rat's ass? That will be like You'll be able to uh <laughs> Friday before the Super Bowl. Yep. I believe so. We can make an NFL Super Bowl prediction special on a whole nine that night. We should do maybe, like a... maybe I'll get a hold of T J and T J can take uh some sound bites from the thirty episodes and just do us a little Hopefully video he can make a prediction and we can do like a little, you know, football poll. <laughs> something. Yeah, it's all kinds of stuff we, we can do. We can talk about how our NFL predictions turned out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How we're gonna incorrect Allen was about the Ravens. Are <laughs> <laughs> uh, incorrect about the Bengals. <laughs> the Ravens are not winning shit this year. The Ravens. I can't even deal. They yeah. might not even beat the Browns both times. It's caught up. It's caught up. It's caught up the, uh, you know, trailing narrative part. You know, he's a Ravens fan. Well, you got to give his team credit, don't we, Doug? Do we? Yes. <laughs> Do we? Do we have to? <laughs> Are you, you sure? Wait, what? But uh, but I was gonna ask you. Uh, what? Okay, I know Andy's like a Bengals fan. Uh huh. So, why does the Browns pick so badly in the NFL draft? What the hell does that have to do with Andy liking the Bengals? That's his arch rival, ain't it? Yeah. It's a rival. Why do the Browns Andy. pick so bad in the draft? Was that your question? Yeah. Was that the Browns? Well, <laughs> I mean, if you, lo- if you look at some of their draft picks, some of them are not bad. A lot of them go on to play for different teams um, and play well there. Joe Hayden is a pretty good draft pick. Josh Gordon, when he isn't high, is a pretty good draft pick. Um, who else do they got? Uh, Mingo just went to the Patriots, traded for him, so that was a pretty decent uh, draft pick there. Um, they had Alex Mack, who was their center. I think they still might have him. He's pretty good. They had Joe Thomas as a guard. They don't pick terribly. They just also do pick terribly at quarterback all the time. Cal, uh, Courtney Brown, I named a couple. 
Yeah, they're not terrible at drafting, and I think Hugh Jackson is helping that by basically just taking every draft pick he can find. If some team is trading a draft pick, Hugh Jackson will take it. I'll just put that out there now. Well, the Bengals had a few bad ones, too. I mean, Jack Thompson, uh, Kenyana Carter, Achilles Justin Smith. Smith. I thought uh, the fans drafted the team. Uh, Andre Smith was okay. Achilles. I never liked him too much. I'm, I remember that trade with the Panthers back in 95. You, you're probably, a, was you not like a little kid? Uh, what, what month in 95 did it happen? It was back in all, April of 95. I remember that. You were I probably, was two months old. So you don't remember this. No, y'all traded a... Oh, no, the, I, I, it's crystal clear. The Panthers traded the number one draft pick to the Bengals, and they got Terry Collins. And guess what y'all got? Kenyon uh, a, a stick of butter. Yep. Panthers, Panthers wanted Kenyatta Carter. Kenyatta. I will to tell Andy this. It turns out Andy shares a birthday with my oldest of my four daughters, and my third oldest daughter is also a Bengals fan. There you go. The one who likes Queen City is a Bengals fan. The only thing, the only thing I want for my birthday is for the Bengals to be in the Super Bowl. Will it happen? One of these years, maybe. We will see. <laughs> but that is what I want every year. <laughs> Well, all right, we'll see. Guess that y'all traded uh, Jack Thompson, too. Well, this year we got to get by those pesky ravens that Alan keeps raving about. Oh, geez, I see <laughs> yeah. what you did there. Hey, I did say raving about the ravens, yeah. Uh, do you remember <laughs> think y'all traded, uh, guess who y'all traded that awful storm some Martin, too? Say what now? Guess who you traded uh, Jack Thompson to? I don't even know who that is. You should look him up since you're a Bengals fan. Okay. <laughs> you will be pretty mad. Okay. It didn't affect He's his bad. life. <laughs> right. I'm in the, the Carson Palmer is the affecting my life era that denies and demands to be traded. Oh, God. you imagine if he had sat on our team? Him and A.J. Green? Now we're talking. Yeah, well. Yeah, well. I don't even want to talk about him. Well, we can call it a night. Or we can want to serve. I mean... You can call it a night if you want. I think the guys in the chat room are kind of bored. They haven't been speaking for about 45 minutes or so, and we've been losing people little by little because as we get later and later into the night, people are calling in the night and going to bed, and people who like, have lives playing like us. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to do another uh, one of these. It'll be next week on a Friday. Uh, next week on a Friday? I'm just kidding. 
I love saying that to you. I love saying that to you and freaking you out. Yes, it'll be on Saturday. It'll be sooner. It won't clearly last as long due to the circumstances. And then we'll try and do one on Sunday. Uh, and well, that's if we need it, you know. So uh, I'm not exactly sure what time I'm going to do the show next Saturday. I'll get that to everybody eh, as soon as I can. It's either going to be mm-hmm. seven or eight o'clock. I'm not exactly sure just yet. And that's that's Easter, as as uh, Alan would say. Eastern Daylight Daylight. And then we'll see where it goes. Um, there might even be a night where we don't even do one if I pull a Friday. So I can just get a nap in, and we'll just do a show Sunday. Uh, quite frankly, I was thinking about doing that one time, and I'm going to see what people think about it, because I'm going to kind of like pull it out there. Uh, instead of doing a Saturday evening show, if we did a show on a Sunday, and we do it not necessarily too close to kickoff, but close enough where we can go off the air, so we can go off the air as the games are about to start. So guys kind of have like a pregame type That'd of deal. Cool. Think about doing that one of these weeks just to give it a test. Instead of a Saturday night, we'll do a pregame special, so to speak. And we'll cover the games for that day. And throwing this out there now, so guys know, if that sounds good and works and it goes over well, I'm debating if I want to do that for the whole season. And we'll do three shows a, a week. And because we'll do three shows a week, we'll definitely start probably hour, hour and a half before kickoff. So we can do a four-hour show in three different one-hour episodes and still save an hour. <laughs> and we'll just preview the games that are happening that night and just focus on those three or those two games, which which I think could be pretty pretty good for yeah, those teams that are involved. Anybody? Okay, and we're gonna start giving out free. Okay, we're gonna start giving contests away where we can give out free autographs of me and him. Me and okay. Andy, you're on the call. He wants to. Yeah. Him and I. He wants him and I to sign something and autograph it. Are you excited about winning possibility my autograph? You don't have to lie to me. Am I excited about winning your autograph? Yeah. Does that excite you at all? <laughs> Uh, is it is it easily to make it, make into a stamp and stamp things that possibly could sign you up for things that then I could buy things with? Would that be part uh, of the deal? Maybe. Come on, uh, maybe. I'm, I'm warming up to the idea. Well, just so you know, when Alan presented this idea to me, uh, we take items and he signed them and I sign them and then we give them away on the air. I have to myself, who the hell wants our autographs? Are they SFL shop items? If you buy it, we will sign it. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's no giveaway. <laughs> oh, I my want, God. I want an autographed SFL song. Come on now. What are we doing? Oh, man. Coffee of fish. I mean, we can give up our logo. I can always forget <laughs> it out. Here's what I'll do. I'll put this on the air right now. If they add the SFL song to the shop, if somebody, Uh anybody, I don't care who you are, if you go into the SFL shop and you buy me, and you buy me a 4X because I'm a fatty, if you buy me the 4X LA Shark shirt, you can then also buy me a thong 
of your favorite team. Send them both to my house, and I will take a picture of myself wearing both. Oh, I don't think anyone wants to see that picture. And after I wear that song, I will not wash them, and I will give them away on the air. Will you will you take will you autograph that picture for me and then I then hang that in my wall? Uh, it'll be kind of like uh, fatheads. It'll be life size. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and by the way, uh, Doug, do you believe you look anything like that uh, picture on our logo? No, I do not look like that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, why did oh you make? Well, why does it say you live in Singapore on Xbox also? Because I was bored. <laughs> <laughs> so he moved he to Singapore. That's how bored he was. Yes, I was in Singapore. I hate when it, it asks you where you're like from. It does look like from there. I don't think so. Most people know what I look like by now. I don't know. People can tell me what they think. You say it does. I don't think it does. Yeah, and we've got an official SFO helmet on our our on our logo. It looks beautiful. That <laughs> is beautiful. Actually, let's do this. Anybody that's interested in getting a free wallpaper of our logo, contact oh, at Slack. Alan JD. Wow. I'll send it to you. Well, there you go. I'm thinking about making one. Inside the SFL wallpaper. I'm really serious. Wait, did you mean mean desktop wallpaper? Because my room needs some new wallpaper here at school. So I figured if you're you're giving out wallpaper... No, like you know, like your avatar picture on your slack, you can you can uh, you know you can everybody will see that you're broadcasting for the inside of the SFL. Oh hell, breaking Oh. Instead of Doug, that weird-looking shark-looking face, which you need to make it look look more ferocious next season. What are you talking about? Once you start putting the inside of the SFL logo. <laughs> What? Like, the, the shark looks like its mouth is open, ready to be caught by a fishnet. What are you talking about? Where? I'm talking about your avatar uh, picture on flag. Oh, it's my helmet logo, for one, you ass clown. <laughs> <laughs> it, looks like, it looks like it, the shark's ready to be eaten. Well, he's not... He's very well, ferocious. When a hyenas eat him up. <laughs> Lord of mercy. They're coming. They're coming to the shark tank, brother. Not coming to yeah. the den. <laughs> yeah, blind safety. Because next week is going to be good. We got war. Mm-hmm. Keep telling Here's yourself. A fight. We're going to watch y'all up. And I'm going to teach you why Braun safety's are horrendous. <laughs> Keep telling yourself that. Oh, you'll see. <laughs> oh, man, you've been talking shit about this game for about a month now. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. 
Just remember, I, Sharks have won more games this season I'm than saying. Houston has. So Houston has total wins in the last two two seasons, yep. final eight I, weeks. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, listen to this. Listen to this. This dude does not celebrate a win. No, I do not. I'm like, you've got to take the night off. Enjoy the win and then work on your playbook later. Yeah. I'm but no, I tell you. He runs a spin at the end of the night. After his team scores the most points in franchise history. <laughs> Somebody's doing something right. No, that wasn't my goal. Like I said, when you're sitting there with a 2-3 and three record, and the two wins are against the teams that people deem the 15th and 16th best team per the power rankings, the hell do I have to celebrate? Okay, if you oh, beat Baltimore this week, are you going to be celebrating? No. Oh, my I beat the 10th seed. They don't have a record. They are 2-3 and three like I am, and they are seeded 10th, which is below me. And what do I have to be jumping joy about? That you're you're like a half team behind first place and behind the wild card. Is the idea to be a half game behind or a half game ahead? Half game behind. Oh, that's the idea. So the idea is not to get in the wild card spot. The idea is not to be successful. Okay. I should be very good at this then. But you're still like. You're still like two games behind the division. Yeah, which can be made up with some help. You know, that's why I'm not happy right now. Actually, you'll have to win three games to these because Sioux Falls will hold the tiebreaker. Exactly. Because they have the tiebreaker. If we finish with the same record, it's theirs. So, yeah, I already have two more losses than they do. They need to lose three before they can lose the division to me, which is you know, I can, very I, I can hard to you're starting to take against Houston. Uh, you want that draft pick. Well, of course. For those of you unaware, Houston traded us the uh, ninth overall, traded us the 16th, 15th, it was the 15th, yeah, traded us the 15th overall draft pick for the Sharks' ninth overall draft pick, and in return we got their number one pick in the upcoming draft. So the Sharks hold two first-round picks coming up, and yes. The more they lose, the better it is for us, of course. That's kind of like I was saying earlier with the Cleveland Browns. They got that draft pick from the Eagles. It would be the third overall pick. Is that where it would be? Yeah. I haven't even paid attention. I just know you have it. If it would end tomorrow and if Cleveland would win, it could wind up being a number one pick. Mm. Because Cleveland would have the tiebreaker. No, actually, it would have to be a draw because everybody's split between one another, Queen City, Cleveland, and, you know, Houston. And speaking of tiebreakers and this, that, and the other, I'm going to see what you two think since you're on the air. We're not seeing it this year. I, for one, think it should matter, and it should be in the system. We have eight teams per conference. Right. I think I think this. This has been my thought when there was a discussion of cross-conference games. I said to myself, okay, if we do that, if you play all four of the teams from the conference, I'm sorry, from the division within your conference, okay, that'd be four games. If you play everybody in your division 
twice, that's six more games. That takes us to ten games. Then you play, because we're doing 12 games, then you play two from the other conference. You know, two over there, so two from the same division, so to speak. Now, I was uh-huh. mentioned, I mentioned, I had this conversation with Eric uh, Mercury, which is Stevie T. Diggs in the SFL. He had stated to me how cool would it be if the SFL was able to uh, move to 14-game season. I don't see that happening, but based on his suggestion when we had this conversation, if that happened, it would be pay your division, all everybody twice, which I think should happen. That's the one thing. If I could change anything in the league right now, that would be the thing I'd change the fastest. I think you should play everybody in your division twice because of the tiebreaker-type deal. And then, like I said, you play the other four teams in your conference for tiebreaker-type reasons. That gives you ten games, and then you play one whole conference or one whole division in the other conference for a 14-game season. Uh-huh. So I'm asking you two, as members of this league, regardless of 14 games, 12 games, yada, 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 do you feel teams should play the other three teams in their division twice? No. I believe it should be once. I believe it should be once. But I believe this cross-conference is way too long. I only believe there should be a, maybe a couple matchups. Like a couple of historic rivalries, something like that. I believe if they do do the twice, I believe the cross conference. Should, I mean, I believe that he he did expanded it way too much. Well, to touch, like on your, touch on your touch on your statement to touch on your statement <laughs> of historic rivalries. I don't care about that part. Yeah, of but I believe why. the cross conference no. is way too large. Well, I'm just right. saying, touching on your statement there of cross rivalries uh, with you know other rivalries and stuff. I, even though there's historical purposes, and I get that and I can respect that, you can't create new rivalries and new historical things if we don't allow teams to play other people. That's all right, I'm but, uh, The cross-conference right now, I believe, is way too long. Um, maybe do it maybe two, three weeks instead of five. I mean, how many are we? Four, four five, something like I that. I think it's only four. I think it's only four, four. yeah, because we're, we're playing four, two, yeah. I believe it should be, too, where you can play more teams in your division twice. Well, here's why I say it. Like, the Sharks, I can't speak for the other teams because I don't pay attention to the schedules like mine. We're playing Minneapolis, and we're playing Sioux Falls this season. They're in my division. play them each once. But I get to play OKC twice. I just feel if I'm playing one team in my division twice, I should play them all twice or all just once if it's going to be the case. Well, I'm going to agree. I'm going to agree with you there, Doug. And here's here's my reasoning. Let's look at let's look at Carolina's division. If we want to look at it on an individual basis, we got okay. Louisville twice, right? That's who you played twice in your division. Yeah, Louisville is five and zero. Oh. Mm-hmm. Dallas gets uh, Dallas gets Cleveland twice. How in the world does that seem like less of an advantage than if we played everyone twice? Right. Because Dallas is playing an 0-5 team twice, and I have to schedule and prepare for Louisville twice. That's gotcha. a completely different turnaround. And that's like the perfect argument right there. Huh? You know, they and get a huge if advantage. You draw, if you would draw them two cross-conference games, you can move the, your statement into question. If you would draw two of the out-of-conference games, which I believe is completely horrend, uh, completely stupid having four, where you could have back-to-back. Maybe start the season without a conference. 
the first two weeks, well, then to but, finish with your conference. And that makes sense, Alan, but then let's talk about, like, let's say the South is playing um, the East in our cross-conference, two games, not four, okay? Mm-hmm. If I'm playing Santa Fe and Tallahassee, that looks a lot different than if I'm playing Orlando and Houston. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm playing Santa Fe and Orlando, that looks a lot different than Tallahassee and Houston. Right. If, let, let's say Houston's playing Louisville and Dallas, that looks a hell of a lot different from Cleveland and Carolina. Yeah, so but then how, I mean, how maybe you, those you would go teams? with records from last season, like match them to like make it more fair. Because you can't really predict who's going to finish where. But you can, you know, prepare a team that, like, let's just say, okay, like, let's begin the season with the, let's say Louisville and I'm going to throw in Santa Fe right now, probably the favorites in the SFL championship. And it would be Louisville and Santa Fe on opening night. And you would have, you know, maybe the semifinalists, uh, cross conference beating up the uh, losers of the championship game, the Till and the Great meet, meeting up. There you could create your matchups easily. Then you can begin your conference in week three and play your division later on. I believe that would be a very good way to start the season. I think I think what me and Doug are touching on is because because you said that you can't predict records before you're making the schedule. Um, right. You, know, you can't you can't predict that Louisville will be five and zero and Cleveland will be zero and five. We're saying if you play everyone in your division twice and then you play your con- co- cross conferences once and your in conferences once. You don't right. have the chance for it to be unfair. There's no possibility mm. that you're playing a worse team more or a, a better team more because you're playing but everyone. I believe, but I really believe a main game opening night should be a rematch like in the NFL this year. And you don't sure, know how good Denver and Carolina going to be. And I believe cross-conference should happen in week one. Like, let's just say of all doubts, like right now our best two teams right now are Louisville and Louisville and uh, Santa Fe. And make sure they are out of conference, out of conference. Make sure your semifinalists and your finalists are in out of conference. And make sure those two teams are, you know, also from each other like it was last year. Then you can divide up however you want. If you would have an opening night rematch of the same two teams, of your SFL championship, you know there's going to be major viewers. Because you remember how Houston and Queen City was originally going to be stated as your main game. And I, I think there was a brought up by the Mon. That's one thing I was going to bring up I forgot to tonight. Where these teams are only getting one game televised and you have the same team on the same network for three straight weeks. And, see, if you were to put Queen City and Houston in week one, everybody would have watched that match up. Because everybody would think Houston and Queen City is going to wind up being good, which, you know, they're 1-4 right now. But you could get that hype of from last year's championship matchup 
and create a big crowd on opening night as a rematch of your SSL title. That's where I was coming from. I think Cam's working on getting um, and making it fair for everyone to be announced um, an equal amount. Um, I've I've Mm -hmm. talked to him about this, um, and so Mm -hmm. we'll see um, what happens within this year and definitely looking at next year. Um, But I know he tries to make it as fair as he can. But, I mean, let's be honest, guys, there's only one of them. Only so many teams can be announced per week. It's, that's just how it works right now. So mm-hmm. I think um, I think he's trying as hard as he can, but I think it's one of those things where we have to just let it work right. how it works. I mean, I wish there was four nights instead of three. I mean, I, I mean, I do miss it with the double headers. I do really do miss it. It was more exciting when you know you're going to have one game at you know four o'clock, then you know all you know you got a full day of SFL. And I know this season he probably w- was unable to do that because, you know, you're going to be losing. I mean, it's very possible that our numbers are going to decrease on Sunday nights because of NFL football next week. Sure. And and I believe that's well, the reason why next Thursday too. Well, next Thursday, next Thursday is going to be well. I don't I don't see why so many people would be excited over Carolina and. Uh, Denver, except for him. I don't know why. I don't know why anybody would watch the NFL over the SFL anyway. Well, well, maybe Shane and Ramos uh, and who else is Denver fans? I forget. But uh, Shane and uh, Ramos (laughs) and Mark uh, Mark Chisholm, besides them three, I don't really see any people that's really excited over two mediocre teams, in my opinion. But uh, anyways, I, I mean, this year he was in a struggle of getting, you know, the league together because of the move to Dallas. Right. And I believe, I believe he's going to really bear down in the winter season, and, you know, the summer season is going to probably back up before, you know, the NFL starts and end by late September. So you're looking at probably two – Two off seasons that are very short. Sure, I was just specifically talking about announcing um, and making sure it's fair and getting teams on the air. Right. Um, Speaking of that, so I want to give you guys an idea. An idea I've come up with for the Sharks, and I'm dead serious about this. I've been really thinking about this, and I don't know if I'm going to do it. It all depends on my time next season. If Cam's going to call a shark game, great. Now, we all know how this Inside the SFL show works. Um, I'm not doing it by myself. If I have a staff next season and I have somebody I could rely on to do it with me, next year when the Sharks are not being broadcast with Cam's commentary and you want to enjoy the shark game, I may connect to talk shoe like I'm doing now and mm-hmm. do the commentary for shark games that he's not doing and basically just call it like shark radio, so to speak. So you would have to turn tune into Twitch to watch the game, but tune into talk shoe at the same time to listen to me and whoever it may be 
call the game. Now, the issue is I don't know if somebody's Internet would be strong enough to maintain both feeds or what have you, and I know some guys like me, they like to jump from game to game, but this is for people who are highly interested in the shark game that's not being uh, broadcast with commentary. I uh-huh. and a staff member may do it next season ourselves when he's not calling the game. But like I said, it all depends on what's going on, on my end and my situation uh-huh. with the wife and the kids and the drama that goes on in the background sometimes over here. It might be impossible, but I might hire members from my team to do said idea. But we will see where it goes come next season. It'd be like and Steve Shaw in the back to it. He takes the carry. <laughs> 10, 15, 20, and 5. Touchdown Sharks. Tucking them off a party Shaw. I don't mind that idea. Um, the one thing I would tell you to do, Doug, is I would tell you to wait and see what I would wait and see what Cam has in store because I think oh, definitely. Um, definitely. In the conversation I had with him the other day, I'm not going to um, suggest anything or put anything out there. Um, but he's trying. I'll put it that way. He's he's yeah. trying. He's he's exploring options, um, mm-hmm. and so he's he's trying to make it as good as he can. Right. Um, and he that might not even be a necessary evil for you next year. If you if you saw the uh, post game show after the Santa Fe game, he says to uh, Colin Northrup, "Congrats on, on that. Did a hell of a job. Uh, how would you and your father feel about calling SFL games?" I know he didn't throw that out there for nothing. He was trying to throw it out out there to see if something sticks, so he can go back to it in the future. Ah, uh, sure. <laughs> but. So. I mean, I mean, really, we've got to really see how the SFL's going to wind up shaping up for next few years because, you know, we know the Xbox 360 systems are, you know, getting ready to go out of reach and Xbox Live and these people switching to the Xbox One. That's why I believe he's really scared to make a trigger also because of, you know, it's becoming more and more likely that, you know, people are going to, more and more people switching to the new new generation. Here's Here's my statement to that. I sit here right now, I have the Xbox 360 and the PS3. Mm -hmm. Okay. First of all, he'd have to pick and choose the new console, the new game. It'd be a huge step in a different direction. Not everybody in the league. Now, we have 16 owners in this league. I can't speak for every owner because I don't know every owner's financial situation. But let's just say there's a game right now called Football X. We're just making up a name here. And this game is phenomenal. That was the game. 2017, a game that's coming out in, uh, next, year, next year. And let's just say we want to use Football X, game I'm making up. It's the game we want to use, and it's only available, only available, on the PlayStation 4. Let's just say this for an example. How many of these owners do not have a PlayStation 4? I would never buy Then can't even afford it. This is the point I'm making. So when you're in Cam's shoes, he's done everything in his power, I feel, to avoid that type of situation by taking this all-pro football 2K8 and trying to turn it into its own game with the graphics, the video editing that he does. Because you don't even realize you're watching the 2K game anymore when you watch his, his the games because of all the graphic overlays that he does to eliminate the 2K look. 
You don't need that and kick off and up at the scoreboard. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I know it's 2K8. And then, you know it, I know it. But you don't think about it? I can tell. But here's what I'm saying. Of course the graphics are starting to age because we see the other newer football games that came out don't look like that. But at the same time, my question is, do we need the younger graphics? If she said it's aging on a different console, on a different game, if it's not as quality. What I'm saying, though, Doug, if, you know, like, if let's just say this thing goes on for five more years. I mean, look at it. Okay, systems are going to wind up wearing down, and they're not going to be in stock like they are now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we got eBay where you can find systems, but eventually people are just going to wind up getting tired of the 360, an old console right. that's been off of stock for two years. I mean, like, you know, if you have, like, a PS2, I mean, I, I know a lot of people maybe have their PS2s, but...